Welcome to another episode of the Adam Dunn Show. I am your robot voice, Adam Dunn. And I'm your deaf co-robot, <laughs> Mitch Janasa. At least you don't have a robot dick in your mouth like you had last week. Nope, way better. Way better. <laughs> way, better. <laughs> way better than that. Way more comfortable. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Adam Dunn Show. We are live here in the studio trying to get our, our sound together as usual because we're such a high production. Because now we have John Doe Radio coming yeah, in here on Sundays. Scrambling our shit up. We can blame them for and everything. Destroying our shit. Yep. We can finally blame somebody again. It's good to have a blamer. It's so good. That's what they're here for. Right? Scapegoat. Yeah, yes. well, they don't pay, so that's what they're here for. Until they pay. They're that's they're, yeah, I have it's pretty much Paul, it's Pepper Pot Paul's fault 98% of the time, and then it would be, but but on that one Sunday, it's going to be a, a complete. You got the rest of the week, though, Paul, don't John worry. John Doe radio right. blame right. session. Exactly. That's why you can take the blame, because it's all good. It's all good. Thank you, Pepper Pot, for supplying Mitch with. Food that he consumes so fast. I haven't even touched mine. I don't know, man. I was neither, hungry. I neither neither the kid nor I have touched ours. He came to busy. the kitchen and he said, yeah, good. I've I'm been hungry. putting together this entire the whole show. thing. Yeah, I put the whole show together. <laughs> I just didn't do nothing. I've been fucking around all week <laughs> doing <laughs> Jack. Yeah. Thank God Mitch put the show together today. Now, thank God. Because I woke up this morning having no idea. What, what, you were like, oh, my God, there's a show today. I was like, what are we going to do? What's the show about? But I, I love you. it. I love it. That you, and then I find out that it's been being worked on for a whole week. Two weeks. Two weeks before the last week's show. And I didn't even know. I love that. I'm so on, on point. It's okay. That's good. It's I good. That's how it's supposed hey, to be. Hey, is that the back of my head? Is, you can see the beard. You can tell who's it's, who. It's all right. You can't see me. Your hair is completely blocking my face. Exactly. Your beard oh, Hiding. I'm going to hide behind you. Yeah. I'm I'll, I'll move around a lot so you can't so never get seen. Uh, it's all right. The kid's gonna. The kid's going to jump up and get nuts. He wanted me over here. Hold on. Is this any better if I'm over here? Hmm. Nope. Not really. Huh? That's not what really. wanted me originally. I was like, no, that's not really a good shot. That's not a good shot. Now, now, whoa. now, whoa. Oh, oh it's yeah. everybody? Everybody on the screen? No. I think over there is better. Where you always were. Where you always were, kid. <laughs> Back to where you always were. Hey. Look. That's not bad. That was good. That was good. That was good. That was good. Move it over. Move da, da, yeah. da, 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 da. Great. Bam. Oh, oh what did you do? <laughs> it collapsed at the I let it go and it turned back. All right. Well, we'll get the video together. So tell us, tell us, Mitch, man of the uh, creator, show creator. Show creator. <laughs> Today's episode is another one brought to us by our friends Build the Soil. Jeremy of Build the Soil, Antonio Marcus of Modern Micro. Another knowledge show. Another show that's going to. Packed full of... Grab your pens, because you guys love these shows. They love it, Adam. They do. You gotta give them... You gotta feed them what they want. No, it's what, it's it's what great fans info. crave. It's what fans <laughs> crave. I love that. I love that. It's true, because uh, when you talk about anything, any kind of growing, it's always... Like, you can never pack it all into one show. And we always... You know, that's like, that's like the classic where, like, 
do the whole grow show and it's like no you kind of have to break them down and this is we're going to focus solely on nitrogen today right evidently evidently <laughs> i mean that was the challenge i put out kind of as a joke and then jeremy was like yeah that's no problem we can handle that so nitrogen fixation thing. I I'm, imagine it's going to be a lot. I, I I told them to compose a whole thing on what the plant needs nitrogen for and what nitrogen does in the plant. Well, that's why you would use it at certain times. So cool. I mean, we all know it needs it in the veg phase, but yeah, for, to do what? What does it do with it? it? Just shows up and then it turns into. Plant? And what is it? And what does it do when it's? Because a lot of people don't don't switch their foods. There's a lot of people out there that just kind of don't want to spend money or just don't really have you know the even maybe they don't maybe they even have the knowledge just to, you know stubborn about it and be like nah, just giving them one thing and i've seen plenty of people do that and then you end up with real leafy and real oh want to know what guys want to know what i didn't post the show on the website oh that's great that's that i was like this is way too easy i just kind of got here right before the show everything was good yep so you I just realized that I'm working on it. So you made the show, but you didn't post the show. So you did good. You did. You're, you got an eight. You got like a B plus. <laughs> I did what I could in the car. That's for damn sure. You get a B plus today. I'll take a B plus. Kid, eat that wrap. Amazing hibiscus that I drink, by the way. Yeah, it, it really is. Wouldn't it be good with rum though? Yeah, excellent. It I, I, you already said it. I'm just verifying. They would look more like my late night shows. Where it's the funny. Late got, night shows are. See, don't you? I audience. Got the, oh, so I got the Seattle. Uh, I got. I got the. Uh, Footage from Seattle. The footage from Seattle. From when I went out there. Oh, you got with audio and video. Yep. So we can uh, edit that together. And Is th- are those late night shows? Yes. So I'm very hammered. Oh, those are great. I was watching it. And, and it's a combination of hammered and high quality video. So you're like, oh, wow, this is. He's really <laughs> hammered. Like, I'm looking right in my eyes. Like, when was oh. this? Uh, a few months ago. When he went out to Seattle alone, hired a whole different crew. Yeah, it was much better, much better production. It's quality, it's quality. Yeah, I had a few complaints about the production. I told you. Yeah. Look at that! It's really good. See, you're I mean, yeah, you it's, it's definitely the best best jerk I've had. Since you're the best since jerk Jamaica. I've had, kid. Since Jamaica, do you know the kid was from Jamaica? <laughs> Is he from Jamaica now? No, I've been there. I can like tell, six times. Oh, that, that then you're yeah. from there. I think that's officially. No, after I've you've been to Jamaica six times, you can tell everyone no, you're but from I've there. I had Jamaican yeah. jerk a whole bunch of times. <laughs> but uh, what was your favorite jerk? There was there a certain guy, like no. Jerky Joe, yeah, or something. No. no, yeah, a little hut on the side of the road. It's I've never even been hut. to Jamaica, but I know the story. It's always yeah. it's always a hut on the side of the road. Apparently, like, people on. are complaining and, and cooked saying that it in a Adam Dunn needs to spend more than nineteen ninety five. Oh, you saw that? You saw that post? Internet. You saw that one? No, I didn't see that one. That was a good one. That's a really <laughs> good one. <laughs> Somebody should tell Adam that he, Adam Dunn he should spend more than nineteen ninety five on his internet. That yeah, someone tell him. Someone tell someone that tell him. Yeah, you. You want me to tell you that? <laughs> tell me that. <laughs> tell, upgrade your internet. I'm not in charge of anything when it comes to Adam Dunn show. Upgrading. Upgrading. Talk to this guy right here. This talk. Guy. This guy, Mitch. Shinasa. We'll talk to these guys. Talk to that guy. Well, let's. We could talk about rosin because maybe that will help pay our bills, and then we can upgrade our internet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the rosin's gonna save the day. Yep. It is. Show him. Hefe, Hefe contacted me yesterday and asked me if I was addicted to rosin now. Or, no, so of course. What is, so, your, yeah, what is your true answer? Of course. Really? Without a doubt. For sure. That's all you're dabbing now? Well, as right now, choice-wise, I am. Yeah, choice-wise, you are? If I have a choice in my head, psychologically, I'm like... Really? I'm looking, Finally, that part I'm happened. looking for rosin. Looking for the rosin. So, 
that. So the kids, the kids are going to scratch your itch. Give them some of that good stuff. What is it, Princess Leia? Are we live? Are we live or not? Because we're live. We're just not on the website. Angry doesn't think we're live. Tell them to go to live stream. Angry's coming to buy the studio at the end. Also, bring some more more medicine. What? Awesome. Oh, is this, is this rosin? That's rosin. Who made that rosin? Wow, where did this rosin come from? I can't hear your hand. I made it. Yeah? Yep. You personally? Me personally. Wow. How did you make it? The kid. No, with the home press. Or, or should I say, how did Jamaica? <laughs> or should I say, how did Jamaica? <laughs> Jamaica and Jamaica are spelled the same way. I didn't know that. That's interesting. But, no, no, we made that with, uh, with the home press. Uh, our pneumatic press will be here in six days. How many people made it? You say six Just days, me. like five so days. So why ago. did you make it plural? Well, there was a there was a hold on the money order. Are because you, you're I'm, two I'm people to now. We as the company, I guess. Now I just kind of have it. We as the company. So it's the royal we. Right, it's the royal I. You know, royal yeah. we. Royal, royal we. we. Which way do you? Which, how do you do a turn signal? <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, the, the press will be here. How's your rosin? Two days, it's good. I like it. Everybody <laughs> I've given it to has liked it so far. It's coming out nice and stable. <laughs> no one's no one had a nosebleed right after. Do you want to? Do you want to show it to no. the camera? Come in. Do we have a camera? What do we have? Do we have a camera? camera? <laughs> ask. I don't know, ask the guy. Ask the guy with the computer over there. He knows everything. Where the hell's my torch at now? Did you say you feel like we're a chalice? Grab my torch. Because we had nice rosin. Because we have rosin. Torch. 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 Thank you. Whoa, look at that. Whoa. Whoa. Hold it up. Take the paper away. Pull it back. Pull it back. Pull it back. I can. I can. You just pull it back. You want to be able to see? Ready. Oh, wait. There you go. Moving it. Look, the kid made it. This is the kid's hands. The actual hands that made it there. Pull it back. Pull it back. Back. Back, back, back! Not closer, back. Uh, do you know what back means? Yeah. There. Focus it a little bit. Uh, you have Almost. to kind of lift it. Oh. Uh, no, that is not how those cameras work. Super close. Oh boy. Oh man. Well, anyway, <laughs> the color looked good. Get on the mic. Color looks good, right? Color looks good. I'm gonna do a dab right now. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. So once the good press gets here, in a couple days, it'll it'll make things even nicer. I mean, this was pressed at. 300 with uh, for maybe like six seconds. With How much pounds of pressure? Yeah, it's, I mean, you can't really you can't tell, tell anybody. I have, yeah, I have an Arbor Press, so the Arbor Press that I'm using is, you know, a one-ton Arbor Press, but that's if it's bolted to the table and, you know, what angle does the lever have to be on for it to actually deliver a 1,000 pounds or 2,000 pounds, and you know, so it's, so you don't I'd know say this. it's probably getting, you know, I don't know, 750 maybe. Plus, the hair straightener, you know, is absorbing a lot of the, the weight, too, because there's so much room. So, did your hair straightener break yet? The one I bought did. Sure. The one now you're I using Brits. Well, yeah, I mean, well, actually, after you guys left, I took it apart, and I just put the plates right onto the Arbor, Arbor Press, so there's no straightener anymore. It's just a, it's just the plates. That's much smarter. Um, but, yeah, as soon you as the... You did a good job, kid. You did a good job. Well, yeah, the uh, pneumatic press will be here in a few days, and it, we'll have, uh, you know, hopefully product on shelf by October. Grab my weed. What did you put my weed off the table for? Jesus Christ. They look good. That guy. That guy's going to roll in the blunt. So. No. Just get out of town. Of course it tastes good. What do you got? What do you got? What's that? Photos of Danny Danko? I'm seeing how close we are to you. It's, it's news, news, news. I always think that a weird angle that the Danny Danko's in that. <laughs> Isn't that Danny Danko? It's not Danny Danko. That's news, news, news. Oh, man. That's so good. <laughs> it's because my eyes are going. I guess. It's we're, good. We're, we're right? the same amount of eye uh, damage, probably. 
I have terrible eyes. Yeah, well, I'm getting that way. I never did. I never did, man. So maybe I'm contagious. Are we doing news news news? I'm making sure the show's uploaded. Then I'm going to look up some news. Okay. Look up? I How was everybody's it. week? In my archive. There you go. Thanks, Ryan. It was good until the jerk stole all my weed. I went to uh, a birthday party on the wrong day. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. <laughs> but then it turned into a second birthday party, yeah, which it was is... Fun. Private. It was a private birthday party. Private, yeah. Private affair. I'm not going to go to the public one. Uh, yeah. Now I've got dinner at Pasta J's. So the website is updated. You can tell the people who are saying, oh, the show's not on. The show's not on. It is on. It's on adamdunshow.com. The rest of you faithfuls came from live stream. Uh, Jeremy from Build the Soil is receiving a shipment for Build the Soil right now. We're going to have him on in a bit. Before then, we're expecting to have the Cheesecake Lady uh, up in the area. All up in your area. Yeah. But she's not here yet. She was supposed to be here around... 13 minutes ago. But that's okay because we were around 15 minutes late. So Road rage somewhere. Technically two minutes early. It's all good. All good. We would never, ever hold it against somebody for being late to the show. No. Late yeah. to the show. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't be Can't be down on that. So, uh... I got news. You got news for the week or you got news, news, news? No, I'm, I got news, news, news. I mean, I had it. I just had to pull it up. I prepared it. That's for you, Dread, actually, by the way. Mm-hmm. He loves that. I heard it's his favorite part of the show. You want to do it again, kid? Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. I have to play it twice for one news? You know what? Just do it three times. Just, just for Dread. All right. That's it. Uh, you can do it as many. Nah. Two, 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 okay. Two, two, two. Since marijuana legalization, highway fatalities in Colorado are at near historic lows. Yeah. Mmm. Since Colorado voters legalized pot in 2012, Prohibition supporters have warned that recreational marijuana will lead to a scourge of drugged drivers on the state's roads. They often point out that when the state legalized medical marijuana in 2001, there was a surge in drivers found to have smoked pot. They also point to studies showing that in other states that have legalized pot for medical purposes, we've seen an increase in the number of drivers testing positive for the drug who were involved in fatal car accidents. The anti-pot, yeah, they really like the word pot. They invested, they got stock in pot. Uh, Pot, pot, pot. The anti-pot group SAM recently pointed out that even before the first legal pot store, they say that word's in here like 100 times, opened in Washington State, the number of drivers in that state testing positive for pot jumped by a third. Can you just change it? Can you just say something different every time? Yeah, I'll say like a different farm animal for each one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Yeah. The problem with these criticisms is that we can... That we can only we can test only for the presence of marijuana metabolites. Will I say that word or should I no, do? No, that's fine. Just okay, pot. not for inebriation. Metabolites can linger in the body for days after the drugs. Uh, where's the where's the study? Okay, here we go. Since the new Colorado law took effect in January, the drug driver panic has only intensified. Where's the study? There we go. As you can see, roadway fatalities this year are down from last year and down from the 13-year average. Of the seven months so far this year, five months saw a lower fatality figure this year than last. Two months saw a slightly higher figure this year. And in one month, the two figures were equal. If we add up all the total fatalities from January through July, it looks like this. Here's another graph. Uh, Here, the high bar, pardon the pun, is what you get when you add the worst January since 2002 to the worst February. Basically... 
At the end they of the day, never use the word pot again. They don't use the word pot again, which is why I was <laughs> continuing <laughs> to read this article. <laughs> uh, uh, that said, some researchers have gone so far as to suggest that better access to chicken is making the roads safer, <laughs> yeah. at least marginally. The theory is that people are substituting fish for alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> And turkey causes less driver impairment than booze. I'd need to see more studies before I'd be ready to endorse that theory. For example, there's also some research contradicting the theory that drinkers are ready to substitute camel for alcohol. But the data <laughs> are far more supportive. Animal. I'm just <laughs> I'm saying animals. What kind of farm <laughs> do you have? Did we say farm animals? Yeah, you said farm animals. Like uh, you have fish. You have fish. Yeah. I farm fish and camel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the data are far more supportive. <laughs> <laughs> it is hump day. Is that, why hump using, day. is that why you're using camel? That's hump why day. camel. We have a camel toe. All right. Camel news, toe news, news. Oh, man, I was so focused on the hump day. Oh, Jessica's outside. Is that the sign for me to go let her in? <laughs> no, I'm just putting it out there for the listeners. <laughs> Ohio to vote on marijuana legalization. Ohio will be the next state to vote on marijuana legalization. The legalization group responsible in Ohio collected enough signatures to get it on the ballot for November 3rd, according to Ohio Secretary of State John Husted. Voters will decide whether to legalize marijuana for medical and recreational use. Responsible Ohio collected 320,267 petition signatures, exceeding the ballot requirement by nearly 15,000 for the proposed amendment to the Ohio Constitution. By reforming marijuana laws in November, we'll provide compassionate care to sick Ohioans, bring money back to our local communities, and establish a new industry with limitless economic development opportunities, said Ian James, Executive Director of Responsible Ohio. I heard that a bunch of people were kind of pissed about the Ohio thing. I don't know. Did you hear anyone hear anything about no. that? Okay, news, news, news. That was it. That was a great story. <laughs> You just wanted to say Ohioans, I think, is what it was. Yep. Columbia Ohio. decriminalizes marijuana cultivation up to 20 plants. Yeah. THC, it's Columbia. Nice. Uh, Columbia's Supreme Court on Tuesday ruled that growing up to 20 plants of marijuana is not a crime. The possession of small amounts of the drug have had already been decriminalized. The court ruled on the private cultivation of marijuana in an appeal filed by a man who had been sentenced to more than five years in prison after he'd been caught by police with a recently cut plant weighing 124 grams. The maximum amount of marijuana that can legally be carried is 20 grams in Colombia. However, because the plant was meant for personal consumption, the court confirmed that there is no crime unless a person cultivates more than 20 plants. The court, court ruling further decriminalizes the cultivation and possession of the drug for personal use. Under protest from, of the conservative opposition, the administration of President Juan, Juan Manuel Santos has pushed legislation that decriminalizes <laughs> the carrying and man. consumption of small doses like drugs, of drugs like cocaine and marijuana. So coke and weed. I heard meth, coke, weed, LSD, everything in Mexico too is on awesome. Is legal now? Well, no, just for like. For well, are you being unbelievably racist? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. That's all he knows how to do. That's, the kid is That's what's happening this across the his, de his, his default button. His racist. default button right there is go Cocaine, Oh, she uh, made it. In. She broke in. No, we knew, but you're you, you're a capable young lady. Girl. You can figure it out. Yeah, no, I went around to some wook with a poodle 
Yeah, there, that's, there you go. That's, that's, that's exactly what I was kind of. Yeah, that's what we're gonna send code word. Wook poodle go. Poodle wook. Operation poodle wook. One cent. I'm not gonna read any more news if you're gonna keep being racist. It's not racist. It's not respectful. One cent. Still loading, Juan Sanchez. Go ahead. Oh, Juan Sanchez. You want to welcome our guest? Uh, chart of the week: average annual MMJ purchases she's by state very widely. All right, so marijuana, <laughs> medical marijuana purchases by state. Uh, you can have my shitty ones. This mic's working. Yeah, you should sit here actually if you can. That was impossible. So people in Colorado smoke way more weed than other medical marijuana states. Is the then Matt right? I can see your boobs better. This is like a much better. People who live in California go swimming much more often. than Colorado versus the they divide the amount of ounces sold by the number of patients on the registry, not the number of pot users. So it's all medical. Pot? Did you say pot? Pot users. I should have said cow instead. I should have said cow. Not camel. Camel fish. You can have fish on a farm. You can farm fish. You can farm fi- camels. I thought I was doing animals. You can it, farm camels. You can farm fish. You could probably... I bet there's a climate where you can farm both fish and camels. I'm sure. It's right? called anywhere that you can anywhere. do camels because fish, yeah, fish, fish can go in. I feel <laughs> like where camels live and water are not always the same places. Can you farm sharks? Can you can shark far- farm anything. You can fart. You fart anything. You can fart a charm. You can fart anything. You can fart sharks, crocodiles, chickens. You fart fish. You can't. You can't. Fart a charm. You can fart a charm. You can fart a charm. They they farm fish at the prison in Buena Vista. The prisoners there, most of the farm farm fresh tilapia that you buy from the prison. Yeah, I don't buy I don't buy tilapia. But anyway, I refuse. I Tilapia is the grossest fish ever. And, and it's, is it and grosser it, than catfish? And it's, it's, grown, and it's grown by prisoners. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's top that. Like, like well, racist that grown? raised. Hand it's raised. Really grown. Grown. Hand raised by racist bastards. I like weak fish. You weak fish? What did I miss about racism here? There's med racism in prison. He's real racist. Oh, yeah, I'm aware of that. Yeah. yeah. The, kid, racist. the kid can't help it. He just talks in racist voices. Oh, and they, mentioned, they said Juan Sanchez. Tell me so then you repeatedly... I was reading a news article and then you said it in a cheesy... Mexican voice, I guess. I don't even know how to describe that. If you did it in, uh, if you did it as uh, Joe Pesci, it'd be okay. <laughs> you think he's funny? Who, Joe Pesci? No, I mean, I don't know. That was her, Joe Pesci. That was. Oh yeah, I think I think you need to step again. I have a lot of Goomba. Yeah. I just have dark nope. curly hair. And no. Um, but you you have something to talk to us about. I do. And it fits the news, news, news theme of the oh, segment. We're just gonna, yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to skip the news. <laughs> well, I mean, it's news. She's, that was it. She's, she's here news. for news. Yeah, she's she's the news. news. I'm willing to sit through the rest of the news. No. Yeah. No. Nothing really happened. No. Did it? Uh, that building Ireland, fucking blew up. Did you see Ireland that building decriminalized cannabis. Or that place in China. That was crazy. That, that explosion was... Now we're going to have to have a discussion about 9-11. No. I'm I, sure, because th- we have a chat room. <laughs> <laughs> Smoke up, Johnny. It's time to come. No, but that, that was definitely one of those ones where you, you watch it. Like, you're just like, oh, what's this? And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my God. What? No. What? I have uh, to admit that at this point, was, if I listen to any mainstream news, including NPR, 
85% of the stories I'm questioning whether or not that's some fucking manipulated media conspiracy bullshit. So, yeah, um, did a building really blow up? You know, I, mean, I had someone ask me, how do we know the Earth's not flat the other day also? In uh, Mesa County, it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what is that where, background noise? My I sound louder, but the background also. And where and where and what, kind of, what kind of people you're hanging out with that think the Earth's flat? Ah, uh, this kid. Uh, no, there's this kid who uh, <laughs> creationist thought that the the moon was fake sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> a hologram. Hologram sometimes. Yeah, when it's really big, like ah, oh, it's so obvious. Cause it's because so big. So yeah, big. Super moon never gets that big. So Tyler Dodd says catfish is the best. Uh, is terrible. Wild catfish is all right. They can't hear you, Jessica. Oh. That's that's the word on the street. Yeah, I'm trying to figure. I can't hear it. Turn. But you told me to set this. No, I know. Did. It's because yep. that's the mic yeah. that you're supposed to sing. I just thought it's not turning appropriately. Or switch this. So we have the cheesecake lady, Jessica Larue. The cheesecake lady, Jessica Larue. To tell us about the meetings that she attended, uh, rather than be here. Well, she made it. She made it. Why would there be any reason for me to be here if I didn't have something to rant about politically? That's exactly the point. It's, it's, it's much more effective if my, my ranting is based on first-hand witness. Angry white guy, by the way, thinks the moon is totally fake, obviously. Oh, it's definitely a hologram. So am I working here? Yeah, you're that working. Work. Work on. No. Is Sound fine to me. 9-11, Travis says. All right, everyone's talking about stuff we were talking about 10 minutes ago. The lag is great today. Uh, the moon is fake, obviously. Well, she's back to the other seat now? I'm keeping it real. Wow. In multiple now you're seats. Off her screen, though. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, well. She's not. Uh, I'm, uh, the corner of me is lurking over here, providing sure. we're good. D-list punk rock titties for all my fanboys. That's exactly Matt Ryan. That's what I said earlier. I know, no, I, I really I don't have anyone else I think out there that cares, but I want to cater to Matt Ryan and his whims. Yeah. Well, we also have uh, we also have James. Yeah. He's here now. He's, here now. He wants to, he's gonna call in, in a little while. Yeah. I like I'll James. I met him. Yeah. We'll let I think him. I think he thought I was weird, but yeah. you know, no, I was just being myself. He's another potential uh, suitor. I, suitor. I like he, him. He's got a good appetite. He could eat a good dinner. You know that that's a nice that's quality a in a man. Yeah. I mean, it, if you're like me and you're based, the only good thing that you have to offer the man world is a hole and ability to cook. Um, yeah, I like a man with a good appetite. Hey, get back, dog! <laughs> Bite him. Adam's getting attacked by a dog. I have dogs all weekend. Um, had a, unfortunately had a, Freddy like attacked. Freddy of Isn't all this dogs. Isn't the second dog attack on the farm? Uh, well, dog to dog, this is. What? Dog to dog, not dog to Oh, this dog to dog. Yeah, but it was like this. I had this 12-year-old or wiener dog, little Dachshund, <laughs> that somebody like dropped off at Ace's place. It was like going to a fed camp for about eight months or something, you know? So like, yeah, can you watch our, our, my dog, like a neighbor, you know? And it was like, oh, great, sure. And then within a week... Freddie attacked her, nailed the eye. Ace had to go to the vet today, but it was like bad, you know. I was like, "Ooh, Freddie, like gonna lose an eye on that one." Ooh, yeah, that dude's not gonna be happy. Well, yeah, well, don't leave your dog with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just gotta drop. And he left two dogs, not that dog. He left that dog and a big rambunctious dog. So I'm used to the rambunctious dogs all weekend. I prefer a rambunctious dog, but you know. Oh, she has her shades on now. I did. I put them on. That's cool. That's it, yep. That's you know, we were just talking about no how only cool it. people do that. I, yeah. I I I was trying. I you know I was trying to show that I listen. 
Um, actually, I wasn't. No, we didn't, no, say, we didn't say it on the air. We didn't say it on the air, so oh. unless you were hiding in yeah. the corner. <laughs> to Lurking. There, you can see my glamorous eyes. Um, okay, so why are you pissed today? Well, I, 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 I so resent the castigation that I'm an angry person, even though... You never invite me on here to talk about, like, you know, hey... I went to a music festival and like went rafting and shit, you know. Well, you can do that. You can. Yeah, I know, but we'll never hold you back. Nobody cares about that. That's the real problem. That's Actually, true. probably the reality is that nobody cares about what I'm about to lay down on you guys. That's also true, but we care enough we, to You we care put enough to show. give me an outlet and I appreciate it because basically, you know, I've read all the media reviews. I mean, three of the six meetings didn't have any media coverage at all. So, of course, there was no coverage of the um, plant cap meeting where the pr- where the owners of industry were all talking about how many you know thousands of thousands of plants that they can have but you know really we're wanting to give more authority to the med to go door to door checking the six plant counts for private citizen growers because you know the volume of those six plants that people are growing at home is is the primary source of diversion right. and um there's just like no media accountability to the Med of their actions that they take. There's no state accountability. You know. Is it because they don't care? Is it because, in your opinion, that they don't know any better? Is it? Why do you think it is? Are you talking about the media? Or yeah, why is the media just kind of like complacent and just reporting it without taking I a I think stance? the media is, is pretty much in collusion with the governor's office and other powers that be behind the government. And the media doesn't... I mean, you know, when you consider that... All the media outlets in the state of Colorado, you know, outside of, say, you guys and a few other limited options, are either owned privately by somebody in the industry or owned by um, an oligarch that owns media outlets in every other state. They're, you know, We're funded pretty much entirely by dispensary ads. Exactly. So basically, there's no objective media. But beyond that, the media is really only interested, I mean, the way the media makes most of their money is by putting out stories that are clickbait. So if the story has something salacious in the title or seems controversial, they get more people to click through to their website. Thereby, they sell more internet ads, which is what pays for most of the media these days, as opposed to, you know, the straight advertising in a newspaper doesn't pay for shit from a newspaper compared to what the internet does. Right. Right. And that and that makes money so like they don't have to spend any certain amount of time or any certain amount of anything. An internet ad technically receives it as a positive ad if it has a click on that website. So each click yeah. is just you going to that website, even if you look at it for three seconds and you go, oh, this is stupid, and you turn away. That was a valuable contribution. Boom. But that's what I mean. Well, it, it, well I mean, no, it's just crazy that... He's at least knowledgeable about what I'm talking with about. With a newspaper, how you have to go out and, and sure. use an effort to scroll through that newspaper Got to it. actually have your article or whatever make effect. On this c- internet now, you could just have something, like she said, with a catchy title that catches your eye you click over to something that's completely ridiculous, but then that gets a positive like, rating. Like see the kid, see the kid demonstrate his new taint. Can you torch his that again? Taint. What, what well, was I mean that? The <laughs> was it, that was his, it? His, his taint waxing strips. It, exactly right. When are you gonna medicated taint wax strips. I, I know it, it's it's a very scientific process to um, develop a product like this. You yeah, first a you lot of measuring, <laughs> a lot of measuring involved. I, I, I <laughs> testing, I'm yeah, looking testing. for sample group members to measure their taints That's, right now. Well, he's so. here. He's right here in the studio. This is your guy. You got a, you got a tape it's measure? Costa, it's a, a tape no, measure. Short length of he's string. Tat- he's tattooed. A, he's actually tattooed. He's actually tattooed. A ruler, a ruler on his taint for you. He already has it done. I love this show. Matt Riot did the tattoo. Matt Riot did it. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can never get that done. But fuckers. Um, so yeah, he will do it though. That would be I a good tattoo. No, it's a perfect that. tattoo. That would be an hysterical <laughs> Matt Ryan tattoo. 
there's really like no profit for the media to write a story about how the state is violating state laws. Taint too. Because the general public doesn't click through to that. It's not sexy. But it's actually really upsetting because it's really scary about what really is going on. Um, You know, basically, the Department of Revenue, and which is the boss of the Marijuana Enforcement Division, is completely out of control just legislating new rules from the corner office instead of having them be passed by elected officials. And that's a really big problem. And is it spelled out that that's not the way it's supposed to be anyway, or that that is? Oh, yeah, no. Colorado is what's called a single subject rule state, which means that you can only pass a piece of legislation pertaining to one very narrow topic. You can't pass any legislation in the state of Colorado that governs both medical marijuana licenses and recreational marijuana licenses. Like, that's violation of two because they're two separate distinct constitutional amendments so no matter now legislatively the legislators can write a bill for medical marijuana and then just pull every time the word medical out of there photocopy that bill plug the word recreational in there to every time the word medical was in and pass the exact same bill there's no law that prevents them from passing two separate but equal bills but, but they, they can't have to be separate pieces of paper. Separate pieces of legislation, exactly. Yes, they do. Oh, I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have a dab yeah, in my yes, mouth. No, I yes. want to do, I want to I'm do. glad that while he's dab-addled, he's still contributing. And, I, and I'm excited about the, t- you know, t- I'm going to say something nice to the kid today. You're knowing what I'm talking about, and that's meaningful to me. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> it's, it's rare, it's rare that, that he knows that anything. That it's rare that anyone up. in his age group knows what I'm ranting about. So it's meaningful well, to me well, when he knows he knows the law. He's not a good kid. Just a little bit because when I was, I mean, with the last uh, company that I worked for and the company that I'm going to be doing things with now, seeds are a big thing of what we're doing. So seeds, we're trying to decide now, you know, how are my seeds and acting towards my plant count as a medical or a recreational dispensary who I can and cannot sell them to, whether you have to produce them under the MIP or the OPC to be able to sell them as packs. Well, they talked about, they hardly talked about that at all, even though it's one of the most unresolved issues in the state. It was not touched on in these meetings. I mean, essentially the gist of six meetings were that, sorry, I got to hit, hit this joint before I can really give you some insight, but. I can't control the timing of the joint. So the gist of the meetings, in my opinion, was that they never allowed the panelists on any of these panels to vote on any topic outright, to say, you know, hey, the majority of the panel feels this way or the majority of the (coughs) panel feels that way. They never put any topic to a vote. They never resolved any language, and they never changed any language. They showed up with materials that were not available to the general public and have still not been made available to the general public because I'm obsessively checking for this stuff. Some of the state's reports were made available after the fact, but they weren't available for the general public (coughs) to comment about in real time. And then they basically would have a discussion. And any time that Louis Kosky or Barbara Broll didn't like topics that the, like if if the panelists in three different meetings brought up shortcomings with the metric system, which is the seed-to-sale so-called tracking system. And that's the computer system that everyone has to use in every warehouse, in every dispensary. It's where how the state knows. Every every single nanogram that's processed, packaged, thrown away, everything is supposed to be tracked through the system. And it's tracked per badge number. Every single person who signs into that, it's not per company, it's per individual who signs in in that company, which is even more insane. Well, you have to have permissions from the company to use your badge in that system to Mm -hmm. do administrative stuff, blah, 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 blah. But beyond that, Whatever individual whose badge is is doing data entry or whatever individual who's using someone else's badge to data entry because there's no real oversight 
No, it's not like you have to scan your thumbprint. You just no. And it's not and like you have to. It logs you out when you walk away. And it's away. not like there's any actual system that that accounts like there's there's no scale tied to the system. So you just say, hey, four pounds. It might be fourteen pounds, and ten pounds disappears. It might be. Oh sure, sure, sure. You just. There's you just no way say you what a, it's it's completely voluntary data <laughs> entry by the point of entry, right? And unless somebody is double checking that or making sure that it's accurate, comparing it to something on camera like right. a blur. Basically, all they're doing is using this data from metric to say, "Oh, hey, you know, let's go look at somebody." Maybe if, but if somebody's clever enough to game the system, they're never even going to know how to look to look for them. Well, I, I, I've never seen a system that's not been able to be. Manipulated. You know I mean, it's like people so easy to <laughs> if you wanted to as well because there's a, there's a couple little things that will toss up immediate red flags immediately. But other than that, what are those little things? So if you like, for example, backdating things <laughs> is is hands down one of the things that tosses up a red flag. So if you have something, but it doesn't trigger an investigation from the right, med. Right. They What's they I mean? they're sitting on like a mountain of red flags. Mm-hmm. That they're just like, la, la. So you can literally be I like, oh, I lost, a, I got a pound less than I was supposed to get. Well, like, like t- take my personal situation. After I sold my licenses, you know, a lot of other people from the industry were like, hey, you know, we'll offer you a part-time job. Come help us out. I had a friend who I'd known for 15 fucking years who asked me to come and help him out with his shop at the end of the year last year to get all of his metric up to date. I come in, and the first week I'm there, I do an inventory of what he physically has versus what metric says he has. I go to the owner of the business, and I say, hey, um, your physical inventory is 367 <coughs> units short from what metric says you have. So, like, either you're missing 367 units, or you've done a gross data entry error on the other side. Or your employees are just stealing stuff at a slow w- rate of attrition that has now led to this point of being 350 units off, which right. is actually what was going on. Oh. And now this was the beginning of the tip of the iceberg. I tried to have a conversation with the owner about this. He had to meet somebody. He had a meeting. We'll talk about it later. He put me off for weeks and weeks, would not discuss what we were going to do about it. I was like, I can't keep doing your data entry and metric because your inventory doesn't match what you should have. So I'm not comfortable using my badge and putting my name on this. I finally got a hold of this guy's attorney, and just before the meeting with his attorney, he informed me, oh, well, you know, part of the reason our metric is so screwed up is that we never had any tags from January until, like, mid-May. So for five and a half months, this business was doing sales every day, sending a monthly sales tax check to the state. The state was cashing that revenue, but never got a daily report from this company. That never triggered an investigation. The state went ahead and issued him a second license on a second location, never investigated his first license, and he was in gross violation of the state. I mean, the state sent emails all in 2013 from, like, October to January 1st. Every single day you got an email from the state saying, if you don't have your tags, don't open on January 1st. Forget it. You can't do it. And so I know I read those emails, and... It was pretty shocking to me to find out in November of 2014 that somebody had never ordered their tags, ordered them in May, never really put them on stuff. But then also we went back and watched on the video and watched one of the employees that he fired walk around the business, steal $700 in cash and a 50-count bag of Chiba Chews before she walked out, put all that stuff in her backpack and leave. And he wouldn't call the med and even report a former employee for that kind of theft because it looked bad while he was applying for his second license. So I don't think anything actually triggers an investigation from the med except for complaints by other immediate businesses in the area 
or competitor businesses that are buddy-buddy with the fucking med. I mean, really think about, and I won't mention the name because it is somebody that I'm, sh- I'm sure as soon as I remind you all of the story, you all know who it is, but they had product being sent to Texas and being posted all over Instagram and were robbed multiple times before they even had to just say, you know what, I'm actually going to tell them I was robbed now. Oh, you know, no, not not even that. Now MIG, you know, MIG, the marijuana industry lobbying group, in in the plant count meeting said that, oh, all not the old mainline people we represent, but the newcomers to the industry, their technique is to rob themselves, steal their own weed, divert that weed, and then make a claim against their insurance. That's That's the technique. That's the trick. But it's like, well, of course, only you guys have been around long enough to fucking pull a scam like that. These other newcomers haven't even fucking gotten. Yeah, I haven't heard of that one. No, no, no. but this is what the lobbyists. I I mean, the meeting we we just had a report. That was the meeting that you attended. These yes, yes, this is part of the meetings that I attended. So the lobbyist for Mig was saying was the panel member who got to be the expert on production counts. Uh huh. And so, what did he advocate on the production counts? Um, a single owner should be able to have an R.G. Reynolds level of unlimited plant count. We need more control over the private citizens' three counts, plant count that they're bringing to flower because people are actually bringing six plants to flower at a time in their homes. They're not following the letter of the Constitution. That's very upsetting to industry. Um, that newcomers to the industry, new licenses who want to be a brand-new OPC, need to have letters of recommendation from centers that will buy their weed to have proof that someone will buy their weed from them before they can be allowed to open and enter the marketplace. So As there's a wholesaler. Not Right, which is basically like war of fucking attrition. Enter the marketplace. If your product is quality, it will sell. If it's shit, you will fucking fail. That's what business is. We're not in this thing. They didn't bring the state report that showed the recent sales totals capping $50 million for for 2015, for June of 2015. They didn't have that data to present for the meetings, but they allowed all of these lobbyists and people who have, have serious violations of state law to be on a panel where they talked about Newcomers will do this. And so they basically put all these fear-mongering. If you're a brand-new OPC, you can only have 1,800 plants. But if you're an existing business that's been in business for more than three years, you can have 10,200 plants. So it's so not what's a fair, what's even competition. You pay the, the same amount for a license. Yeah, that's crazy. What's, the fear, what's with the fear-mongering? It's yeah. the old businesses who are tied to 10,000 square feet of warehouse space in Denver being pissed off and butthurt about the fucking people in Pueblo with fucking greenhouses don't have to pay electric and don't have to pay for coal-fired well, of course power pl- bills. And so basically <laughs> this is the old line guys who were thinking they were going to be <laughs> oligarchs three years ago being butthurt about the new guys who have a different opportunity and aren't tied to the existing real estate. And so what's their arguments that they're putting forth? I mean, uh, they have to be putting forth some sort of valid argument for the state to be listening and not being like, okay, thank you very much, you're a lunatic. No, they're actually the... St- state is actually in total collusion with the lunatics because the lunatics are paying for access. And so basically the state's excited about the licensing fees. And if all these lunatics have a lot of licensing fees that they're renewing every year and they're buying up all the smaller lunatics, they're getting a lot of access because they've got, you know, however many licenses, just gross licenses that they represent. That represents a nut amount of money for the state to bring in. The The MED, the Marijuana Enforcement Division, is actually very profitable. They're not spending more money than they bring in. Here's why. When we were in the meeting, it was actually said on the record, which could be CORA record requested by Tom Downey, former Denver excise licensor, that when the state and city of Denver work together to eliminate a bad owner by forcing a sale. So it's now legally on the record that 
Kosky and Downey discussed when the circumstances force a sale, which clearly says in not only in the state constitution and the state legislatively, but also in rules and overlying federal law. Federal law says they won't come in and fuck with marijuana, medically, ma- mainly medical marijuana, if we follow the law. But our biggest problem is this, the marijuana enforcement division is actively committing felonies by participating in the sale of businesses that committed violations. When the state participates in the sale and profits from the sale of a business that committed violations, the state is qu- technically what's called abetting the commission of a pro- the gaining of profits from a crime. Sure. Therefore, the state is gaining profits from a crime to the tune of $2,000 for every license transfer fee that they accept. But the problem is, Louis Kosky would rather take $2,000 in transfer fees than risk paying out of the, the big coffer of med funds to pay Kelly Rosen, the state's attorney, to fight the owner of a business in due process, which that person would be entitled to if their license was revoked. So rather than revoke somebody's license and then be subject to the challenge of that revocation, mm-hmm. the state would rather take a $2,000 transfer fee and, uh, but you, when you start to look at some of these things, for instance, okay, on the panel that was discussing criminal enforcement of marijuana violations, we had the owner of fucking Buddy Boy. This now, is this is a hundred fucking days, less than a hundred fucking days from his employee getting popped out the back door selling four and a half pounds to an undercover cop off a of Craigslist in the parking lot of a licensed premises, like multiple multiple layers of fucked uppery. Then this guy is sitting on the panel having a debate with Louis Kosky about what are the conditions under which a license should be revoked. I would think you'd fucking have a clue since your license should be under those conditions right <laughs> fucking now. <laughs> Furthermore, if you look at the history of that actual physical location, prior to it being owned by Buddy Boy, it was owned by... God, they changed their name so many times. But the owner's guy's name was this fucking Laszlo Baggy guy. He was tied up with VIP. We know about Laszlo. Okay, so fucking Laszlo was tied up with VIP. All of those licenses should have been shut down by the state. They should have never been allowed to be sold to fucking Buddy Boy. Right, he he sold it to one of his Buddy Boys. So Exactly, (laughs) so fucking Buddy Boy, who could fucking be one of the Colombian's brothers aesthetically um, and as greasy as fuck, is sitting there debating what are the conditions that the license that... Previous to it being owned by Laszlo Baggy was owned by Chuck from Green Door, who defrauded all of his investors. There have been three consecutive owners of the same physical location who have all With committed same serious license. violations that this license should have been shut down way many times before it was selling four pounds out the back door to an undercover cop. Now you have the owner of that license on a panel discussing the conditions that a license is eligible to operate under. And obviously they didn't let you bring that up. No, they did not. The state does not like me because I try to bring this shit up. But this is a serious problem. I mean, how can the state handpick somebody whose name was in the paper 100 days ago? Furthermore, they had people on the panel from Livewell. The guy from Livewell whose <coughs> fucking weed was seized for Eagle 20, the cultivation director from Livewell was the person who represented on the, the state's expert on the panel about how many plant counts the average person should have. That's crazy because those guys went overboard with everything, with not even plant counts. But well, I mean, the the fucking problem with the state fair was. I mean, they, yeah. they've done so many little yeah. petty bullshit, but of course they've got John Seckman working over there. You know, you've got all of these like chuckle, chuckle. You know, hey, good to see you. When when a lobbyist comes to testify in the public comment section of things, because there are no people like me that come to these things. And furthermore, when I wrap up all this, I want to tell there are no other they, people like you. Is what you mean to say? Right? Yes. Because you always go. Yes. But there are very few people from the general public who go and try to st- hold the state accountable to the bullshit. 
And there's an opportunity to do so coming up in 10 days, and I'm going to lay all that shit down on you when I'm done wrapping up my neurosis because I would love to have people participate. And furthermore, if you come on Monday the 31st and participate in this hearing and you're useful and helpful, it will give you a fucking pack of seeds for half price. So fuck you. You know, it's, it, I will incentivize this with my own making money on the line. Sh- making them work, though, still. Yeah. yeah but it's, but it's a, a, there's I, a reward in it. If they're real good. I'm putting my own money on the line. If they're real, real good, I'll throw in a pack, too. There you go. Awesome. Wow! So if you I'll go, let you, I'll let you know who the best person is. You just have to reward the best. And I'll person. just give it to him. I want no half price. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm working too. I mean, I'm just trying to get people involved. Buy this half, is a fucking good deal. Buy half, get two. Exactly. Buy half, get two. Fuck yeah! So, <laughs> rant, rant. Anyways, basically, what's going on is that the state is either just completely grossly ignorant or so on the take it's just fucking sickening. I tend to think that it's on the take with a tinge of overlaying ignorance because they just aren't that good at it. But, you know, you have a situation where you have a panel. There's six people on the panel that are actually either an attorney for the state, an attorney for the med, an actual state employee, or a member of the governor's office. Did you apply to be on the panel? Yeah, wait. Did you? Yes, I did. Of course I did. Of course you did. That's the point. Yes. That's the point. But I know that they, I mean, before that email ever went out, you know they already had picked the fucking panderers who are going to go along with the law. They aren't going to fucking bring somebody in there like me because they know I'll straight up call out another panel member and be like, you fucking broke the law. Now you don't even know what the standards are. We're just debating. Here's the real problem. Of all the panelists that they did bring in, 85% 85% of the people never say anything. They're just patting their resume with having sat there on there, and they sure. never say a word. Sure. And it's just a credential for some fuck from some lobbying thing to show in some other state, but they didn't actually participate in doing anything. The 15% of the people who are talking are largely unfucking prepared. You'll have generally have one person who's super fucking prepared to f- ramrod their force-fed lobbyist agenda down the state's throat, and then you have a few other people who are just kind of interjecting and being like, well, I don't know. So basically, then the state never puts anything to a vote. And then at the end of the whole thing, Louis Kosky says at the end of each little topic, like, like, so there'll be like five topics on the table and they'll be discussed over like a four-hour <coughs> meeting. So you get like 45 minutes. You get to the end of that 45 minutes on that topic. And he's like, well, we've got to stay on time schedule. So this looks like a great idea. Hey, you, the one lobbyist who was like putting all of your agenda forward most, like generally Christian Cederberg or Mike Elliott, um, somebody you know who's who's got a real incentive to fuck the rest of the consumers and, and general public. He's, he'll say to that person directly, "Just send me all your ideas in a written comment, and everyone else, you send your written comments, and we'll and we'll put something together." And so the something they're putting together is what we're going to be have a chance to react to on August thirty first. And that's what everybody you can anyone Any, who anybody you don't even have to be a citizen of the state of Colorado. Book your tickets and being? come here for a vacation and participate in this meeting. You'll be a kick ass person for having done so. If you want to drive, people have driven from long distances to some of our events and some of our things. Uh, this would be a fun one. If you wanted to come out, you'd get a bunch of seeds. And you get to hang out with me. I'll have lunch with you or something, maybe. Wow. Maybe cheesecake. It's getting crazy. I know. You can look at my cleavage. That's always fun. It's Sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I don't have a lot of financial shit to offer these people, but I will definitely show them a good time <coughs> and hang out with them and um, make it worth their while to come up here. Also, there's an opportunity to do remote testimony at some of these hearings. Oh, I, don't I know will. If that's going to be an option, but I will look Can into it and open? find out before next Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, sure. if there's remote testimony, we'll put it out and we'll get the whole internet involved. We have a lot of people who would love to testify. I'm sure many of whom will not be respectful of the process, but that'll be hysterical anyway. I'm willing to give them some guidance on how they can not be respectful in a manner that's meaningful to me, and I'm really down with that. Cool. Um, 
So basically, yeah, no, you had this situation where at the end of each topic, as the topic was rounded up, Koski would just handpick one person from the panel and tell them to send their written comments in. So basically that means that the state and a lobbyist are colluding to write rules outside the sunshine process, which is exactly the reason they're supposed to be having this panel. The whole point of this panel is for people to be there in person and hear the debate about what's going to happen and have a chance to participate and give feedback. Mm -hmm. So the state had all these materials that only the panelists could see. The public was never allowed to have access to those materials. And then they didn't even use those materials to make a finite decision about any topic whatsoever. But, like, like, let's use the case of the edibles stamping debate, the thing that I was talking about the last so let's year. So some people, we have listeners that weren't listening uh, last time. So what they want to do in Colorado is they want to say you can't ca- ever call edibles candy, even if they're candy. No, you can't know, call it candy. What they're called. What do we call them? Yum-yum drugs. There you go. Yum, call them yum-yum yum yum drugs. drugs. Yes. So we have that. So we've been calling them ever since. Yum-yum drugs. So the yum-yum drugs have to... Be shaped like a stop sign, or no? Or no they no, have no, to no, be right. stamped or sprayed with a red and black image of a stop sign with the letters THC in it, and it has to be on every single piece of candy or every single fucking piece of granola, so that they can't just like break that part of the piece of candy off. And it's not—I mean, Makes okay, no let's, let's be straight up. This is not going to stop your daughter because she doesn't know what a stop sign is. She won't get her driver's license for another fourteen years. Nor can she read. Nor can she read. Because she's 15 months old. Right. Nor, so let me just say, if I was eight and I saw a fucking thing there, so it was like, stop. Don't eat this. But it, I nor saw my parents eating I it, so I knew it was safe to eat. I probably would have wanted to try some even more. Well, no, I really want to try it. In my testimony at the end of that <laughs> day's hearing, my testimony <laughs> was a, a that child's I, brain I congratulated the state the for designing the Hot Topic Must Have T-shirt of 2016 for high school seniors. Right. Like, that logo is going to be on tons of shit that high school kids are going to yeah. want to have. Yeah, no, it's... it's Hats, hat pins. I, you I mean. can buy your top, Stop THC hat pin from me. I already have some on order. If, if, if you're a younger kid and, and you see something in your, your fridge or on your pantry or whatever, and you see that your parents are in eating it... In your pants, would you say? Something in your on pants. your pantry. Yeah, I'm going to have to stamp my taint strips. It's going to be fucking... Oh, yeah. Stop. Then there's going to leave a little hairy stop strip behind taint. with the Stop THC logo. You don't want to stop. stop. No, fucking taint. A. I mean, this taint strip has If you're told to like, stay out, it makes you kind of want to not stay out. Well, the other thing is the, the, re- the people that were pushing <laughs> for the stamp were not parents of 15-month-old toddlers. It was school resource officers, police officers, and parents who don't know how to talk to their parent kids and would rather like snoop through their kids' shit than have an honest, straightforward right. discussion of like... Right. So who proposed the stamp um, in its detail? And who the did? legislature. But I think that was spoon-fed to them by Smart Colorado and a few other people who were like, this will ban outlaw... It, because basically you can't stamp a, a drink. No. Right. You can't stamp a, a tincture. You can't stamp gr- every grain in a granola. Sure. So basically, the people from Smart Colorado, the shrill mommies of Stapleton and the anorexic fucking discarded trophy wives whose husbands are fucking out smoking weed with bud tenders right now. Um, <laughs> you think I'm kidding, but you should see these ladies. They have nowhere to be and nowhere to go, but they've got a lot of fucking... T- like Their I mean. husbands are just paying them to go to these meetings so that they can go fuck hot chicks. They pull up in their Range Rovers and all this shit. Yeah, go do whatever the fuck you want. Whatever. Go, go away. Go away from me. Just get out of the house. I'm yeah. going to smoke weed <laughs> with a fucking 22-year-old. It, it's the same problem <laughs> I have with every... every uh, that, that's always been like... the. The, well, the killer right there is just the one grumpy chick whose husband's doing something and he he's high up. Right, but she's too rich to divorce the husband.
husband and fucking actually accept that she couldn't even get a job. I mean, as it's a the Nancy, it's the Nancy Reagan syndrome or something. Like exactly. That. I have a dispensary four and a half blocks from my child's school. What if he stumbles upon it? Well, if you fucking if your if your kid stumbles four and a half blocks away from his school, you got other problems. Yeah, you should probably take him to a more special school. Here's my other issue. So taking the, the school that Ryan used to go to. Yeah. Also, if your kid can't walk <laughs> six blocks <laughs> or twelve blocks or Here's another. Here's my question. When did the state of Colorado make a contract with citizens that we would take all of the responsibility and all the potential pain of heartbreak out of parenting for people? Because this smoking weed isn't the only chance your kid has to disappoint you. Stealing another... Like, here's, what, here's my story. If I knew if I went to somebody else's house after school, I wasn't allowed to eat any fucking snacks there because I had to come home and eat and whatever eat the fuck my mom made yeah, for dinner. And if I didn't eat that shit, then that sucks for me. Right. And I was... Fuck it, honestly. SOL. But beyond yeah. that, there were household policies. They weren't just about drugs. They were about oh. what the fuck you do at somebody else's house. You don't steal. You don't go to somebody else's house and eat all the fucking Frosted Flakes if you spend the night there on Friday night, on Saturday morning. You're not allowed to eat all their sweet and cereal because their mom will call your mom and be like, she ate us out of all our Frosted Flakes. I mean, this is reality of shit. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember when that one guy said he'd like dropped the edible and the kid ate it and it's like... So your kid just eats food off the ground, <laughs> like what do you, you, you right? Like, and you, and like, you don't pick your fucking food up off the floor. <laughs> he's just really fast. He's waiting for it. He's, he's like, like a like, Venus uh, flytrap. Oh <laughs> like there are a million opportunities for your kid to disappoint you, and I would have to be a hella more disappointed about my kid stealing from another, from a friend's parent or some bullshit. Is there a horse in the studio? <laughs> what the fuck are you What's doing? Going that guy trying to pick up his edible. I just let it. I just can't hey. get down to get it. Don't make fun of my target audience there. <laughs> but reality <laughs> is... Yeah, it turns into a horse. Uh, it's like, come on now. <laughs> my kid will get it. Case and Noah says, you can't really teach a one-year-old to eat this candy, but not this one. I would argue as the guy with the one-year-old, my kid doesn't fucking eat candy. Are you crazy? Yeah, yeah no candy for a one-year-old. Right. No candy right? for It's a you. child. You shouldn't <laughs> give them candy. Uh, my, my kid, my one-year-old, he loves Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> what? Yeah, you fuck is wrong Sadly, we are all idealists here. I see some fucking whack bullshit yeah. from the parents of this world. I see people pouring Pepsi into a baby bottle and giving it to somebody who can't even walk. True fact. So I'm not here to say, like, hey, like, if it was up to me, like, I mean, let's be straight up. I mean, sitting here in a panel where these people are wringing their hands about a non-toxic product that has not actually killed a single, there has not been any fatality tied to any accidental But according to them, oh, sure. And there have been some fatalities tied to intentional ingestion, but that was the guy's wife, not the fucking kid who ate the fucking candy, not the dude who ate the candy. He kept his wife. But like, they, they said marijuana has led to three fatalities now. Oh, yeah. The, the guy. The, the, the French, jumper, yeah, the, the jump. other fucker, and the fucking guy who capped his wife, right? Yep. What did the other guy shot himself, or who what did he do? The guy wife? in Keystone? What the fuck happened? That the, Richard the one Kirk guy, guy ate an edible after the fucking guy jumped on the defense that he was Wait, I have a question. Defense. My kid, there was an empty can of beer on the table the other day. I've seen your kid do this, too. My kid picked it up and was about to drink from it. I had to grab it out of her hand. How come my beer isn't stamped with a big... Stop sign that says alcohol. Well, it alcohol. has to be actually be noticeable outside of the packaging. You have to like you have to have to be able to tell that that's beer when it's in a glass. Right, that's Visually. definitely not true because she picks up every glass. She loves right. drinks, obviously. Right, does well, that mean that you have to carry around like a sticker for all of your pint glasses that you have to slap on? No, it has to be on the liquid. In so the li- in suspended the liquid. 
permanently at all times in the liquid. Has to be stamped on the thing that goes so in you your body. It makes like no sense you whatsoever. Elixir, you couldn't just wrap well, that no. Let's talk about bottle. a few aspects of this stamping. First off, it eliminates a bunch of shit. Second off, the only available primary commercial red dye is carcinogenic and has been yeah. proven to be carcinogenic. Sure. So the state deliberately picked a carcinogenic choice. And it's the Illuminati again. Damn it, they're not going to leave this episode alone. So there's no other option other than using like red dye 40. <laughs> yes. Essentially. Right? No, yeah. okay, there is an other option. What it's about made like out berry of crushed juice? red No, it has to be a it has Can to be, be a, a berry red dye. juice. There's not a red dye that's made out of berry juice. Yeah, but like we made cupcakes out of beets. Beet juice or cupcake that frosting. That sounds disgusting. You could it's delicious. You couldn't taste it. It was just a drop. Beet juice cupcakes? No, no. It's the, the frosting, frosting and, and it's yeah. one drop. It's a natural kid. food dye. It's totally kosher. I endorse beet juice you as a food dye. Like yeah. a However, like I don't cupcake. think it's going to work as something that you can spray paint. It's not, it's not a uh. synthetic, and they want a synthetic thing. Beyond that, there's a secondary non-toxic type of red dye you can use, but I would actually have a deathly allergic reaction to it because it's made out of beetle shells, and I'm deathly allergic to shellfish, which has the same properties as beetle shells. So, so you can't use it could like kill food somebody. Coloring? Food right? coloring is toxic. Right, so okay. I guess it's like the same thing as <laughs> you red dye 40. What, what, what are we looking at? You get, plugged get a device the in the, the logo down the bottom. Stop. There it is. Stop. Where's it going? What? On your screen. On your screen. This whole thing Stop. was legislated from behind Don't the stop. doors <laughs> meetings because people wanted to ban edibles outright. They couldn't ban edibles outright, so they wanted to make it more difficult to manufacture edibles. And they this this doesn't stop it doesn't stop anyone from accidental ingestion because they don't know it's marijuana because most of that is po- children under the age of 5 who are not literate. It merely adds a level of cachet to any item for, because all of the ingestions that they have discussed for children that were over the age of eight were totally intentional on purpose. So basically all they've done is that now they've made the store manufactured stamped item more palatable and desirable to marketing adult stupid kids than a homemade brownie. Because before they could bring both to school, but it's now a, they're a actually stamp of approval. Now it's a stamp of approval almost. Right. Too, like now you know it's legit. It's, like, hey, it's a mark. It, all it is is a marketing ploy. Yeah. Oh man, I want to start selling molds of that stamp so you can make cupcakes in that shape that don't have THC on them. It's all in school. Yeah, that's the best. Fuck yeah. best idea ever. We're gonna make a million dollars. This is yeah. awesome. I'll be outside your school after school at like three o'clock. Yeah, selling non non THC cupcakes, but they look like the real thing. How with cool. a fucking fake stamp on them? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Counterfeits. I'm going to make those for my kids' sweet 16 party. There you go. Uh, How cool is that? What a cool mom. Then the, the, the follow-up problem with this is that this whole bill that we were discussing, all of this stamp-on stuff, is limited strictly to recreational cannabis. But maybe 25% of the state's discussion about how they would implement this, which never discussed physically how it would happen, never discussed the ingredients that would be required to make it happen, never discussed which products would be eliminated and which products would be permitted to be stamped, never discussed any of that stuff, which would actually have a huge impact on the manufacturers, and spent, instead spent 25 minutes discussing that Barbara Broll, the director of the Department of Revenue, believes that she has some sort of emergency safety-based rulemaking authority to overlay this bill, which is a single subject applied only to recreational marijuana, completely onto the medical marijuana scene. Wait, they did mention this or they did not even address this? No, they spent 40, 25 to 40% of the entire meeting, which should have been addressing how to actually make this rule work for actual manufacturers of actual products. They spent most of that meeting time actually discussing, we want to overlay this onto medical. 
but they can't. That's there's no it's way. Even, no matter how much no, they talk actually, about it. No, actually, it's a violation of state law for Barbara Broll to bring that up and have all of these panelists. She basically got every panelist to be involved in an illegal discussion of something that violates state law. She's the state's top representative of the Department of Revenue. Sitting on one side of her are two states' attorneys. Sitting on the other side of her is the governor's representative of the marijuana. There's like a marijuana aspect of the governor's auspic. That that guy's an attorney too. There's another attorney sitting there. Not one person on a 25-person panel knew that they were violating the state's single subject rule. Now, I don't expect lay people from the industry to know that, but I expect Tom Raines, the top district attorney, one of like the, the former cop, former chief of police, and now he's a district attorney, I kind of expect him to know that Colorado is a single subject rule. He just conveniently forgot to bring that to the conversation. But he was, of all the panelists, the only person who said he wasn't comfortable adding medical to this, that we needed to find a way to just work on the recreational and legislatively. He, he referred to it as, that's legislature's failing. So obviously he was totally down with being able to break the law, but, but he, he didn't say anything that would break the law. And he was the only person who kind of halfway actually said, but, didn't, but failed to say, actually, it's illegal for us to discuss this. So 25% of the state's conversation was a completely illegal discussion and not one member of the media. The media is just like, stop sign, hooray, stop sign, clickbait, clickbait, stop sign. And not one person said, hey, the whole discussion of overlaying this onto medical was actually a violation of the single subject rule and should not have been allowed to happen. And if you can't overlay it onto medical, what the fuck is the point? Then there's a whole bunch of stuff that's still called candy that doesn't have stop signs on it that has THC on it. So what? Right. Well, that's their, that's their point, that the, the emergency need is so great. Now, here's, the, here's what I take away from that. The emergency need is based on a few hand-wringing fucking shithead moms who are too lazy to talk to their kids or too afraid to talk to their kids. But let's look at the statistics. Wonder what? I drank bleach twice when I was a kid. Bleach is definitely brother, more Adam's dangerous. Like, yep, my, my, that's my what happened, Adam. Yes. Happens, that's so what happened. That's, it makes my your upper body swell. Yeah. I stole those. So, you know, yeah, those aren't that fun. <laughs> my dad used to keep his high-octane like car cleaning soap in like a little Sprite bottle in his bucket with his cleaning supplies. <laughs> like a trap. <laughs> and, uh, Sprite bottle. And well, it, was in his, it was in his bucket of cleaning supplies, but at one point in time I told my brother that it may or may not be soda, and he drank it, and he had to like... He was go okay, to the hospital. No, he had to, like, go get his stomach pumped immediately. He was, like, <laughs> it's not okay. coughing up bubbles, and, like, it was burning <laughs> him. Like, at, like, he had to go to the hospital immediately and get his stomach pumped. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, we never had any issues with weed, though. With pot. Well, I mean, we have... <laughs> Kangaroo. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's be honest here. We've got these shrill hand-wringing moms, but the fact are... Nationally, we have three cases where intentional ingestion is loosely tied to fatalities associated with possibly even a third party's actions after they chose to intentionally ingest. We don't have a single instance of accidental ingestion leading to mortality at all. End of discussion. No pure overdose. But what we do have nationally is every year there are 250 parents who get capped by their kids and die. 250 people or parents are shot by their kids. Shot, murdered. Murdered by their kids. That means 500 individuals that are killed by their kids a year. No, 250 parents. Total. Total. So 125 couples if they're all both killed. Shot or killed by their kids. Some single parents get killed also. Well, that's just the ones that actually are successful. Let's take into account that for the 250 parents that are actually dead and in the grave... There's another 750 to 1,000 parents that survive the attempt on their life by their child. Every year. Every single year. How do you keep raising that kid? How 
how do you? You gotta get rid of them after that. He tried to kill me. I think we need. Yeah, it's like Damien. Like, what do you do with that kid? Do you kill it? You well, don't kill it. Do you still love here's, it? Though? Here's my concern. Of course, you still love it. It tried to kill you. And you try to fix it? it, obviously. It tried to. It's but children are more dangerous than weed. This is what death. I'm trying to say: that the, the Department of Health does not have a single warning about what could happen if you impregnate somebody. We got fucking pages and pages of websites of hand wringing and fucking fear mongering about a non toxic edible. But not a single warning on a box of condoms. Like, hey, if you don't fucking use this, you're going to get capped when you're a shitty fucking parent. Right. Like, the realist- the, 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 realistically, it's the most dangerous thing about a kid maybe getting into feel really nervous now having a kid, honestly. Really? Well, no, obviously not. Well, when I, when I was trying to put together, like, statistics to argue, to counter them, like, there's no shown fatalities to cannabis, but there are shown fatalities to having kids. So maybe you have something bigger to worry about at With home than my cannabis that's in my house. Because if your kid gets my cannabis, it's because your kid's a little fucking shit and they stole from me. But when they get high, they probably won't kill you. Right. Well, but they showed the statistics, and the majority of the kids who cap their parents are 15 to 17-year-olds. Farm, and their parents on farmies. Their parents have them on pharmaceutical drugs, yeah. and then the other statement is that their parents are really religious and strict. So that's exactly, mm. to a T, the fucking smart mommies out there that want to fucking Adderall every kid and fucking take away the weed and have school resource officers be able Oxy- to expel them. Oxy- that's you, that kind of mom? Well, no, no, I didn't have that kind of mom. It was just, but when I was, I mean, when, when I was hyper, when I started going Adderall, it was probably... And that's why you don't give kids candy. 1996, when I was, I was maybe only seven or eight years old. I was in, you know, third grade, however old you are in third grade, so maybe a little bit older, maybe ten. But that was just that was the thing then. I mean, it. W- I I went and my mom was like, he doesn't he can't pay attention. He's not doing well in school. What do we do? And they just like, oh, he has ADHD, and you know, put him on. And uh, literally a couple years, and I told her I was like, I don't like this, and she was like, then don't take it anymore. But that was the thing, just that quick. Oh, he's hyper. He doesn't pay attention or whatever. And he oh nope, he's not just oh he's a kid. He's fucking ten. What do you, I don't right. understand. Like, he's heaven, a kid. Heaven forbid they send you to a tutor who is like, let's talk about math and make it interesting right, to right. you. So then get him a tutor after school for a little bit instead of, and make him sit down and do his stuff. Don't pump him full of, you know, uh, I had to take Ritalin at that point in time three times a day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and one at nighttime, which was fucking insane to think about. I only took it for a few years, but it's just, crazy. Just a few years. Okay, so like until I was in like high school, but that's yeah. okay. And and at that age, it's probably like <laughs> a then quarter, when he went to college, he brought and he sold it to life. the kids who were studying for tests. How'd you know, dude? I mean, let's be honest. Like, no, you did, can't get that. Anymore. Did you cover <laughs> in the, before I got here in the news? Did you guys cover that now? Um, you Oxys. can sell oxy's to eleven no. to seventeen year olds. No. We don't read news that's not about cannabis because Google News doesn't automatically pick those up. Okay, when I go well I'll tell you straight up. Like basically, all that's going to happen now is. Fucking Munchausen by proxy. Parents are going to be breaking the legs of their kids in pill mill states to get scripts to sell. No, you don't think so? I totally I think bet so. You they do. Oh, I totally I mean, think if so. You have of course. those sick parents that will already like beat their kids so hard for not taking the in trash Florida, out. Just in Florida, this will happen. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Right? And South that's Carolina, that's a good one. Adam's and Georgia and Alabama, oh, yeah. probably. Oh, yeah. But guess what? Guess what? The kid will probably kill him when he turns and fifteen. State. So I don't yeah. I mean, no, I, think <coughs> I mean, I think it'll be more like Golden Ticket for the trailer park. Be like, yeah, kid broke his leg. Oh, good on him. Yeah, going on down there. It won't be like so much. The, no, uh, I don't think that they'll actually they'll be like breaking, breaking their, their legs, legs Tanya yeah. Harding style. Right. I think it'll like, just be more like. It's not going to be a Nancy Kerrigan why moment for the kids. It'll, it'll be a great moment for the family when the kid breaks his leg. But like, like let's yes. just say Jimmy's going to yeah. be allowed to have a lot less helmet and a lot more <laughs> Yeah, go, go climb that tree. Go climb that tree. Go climb that tree. 
Get up there, boy. Mama, <laughs> yeah, mama, there. mama will push you. Get, you can get up there a little higher. Yeah, exactly. Mama's here. Mama's here to catch you. Oops, yeah. I got distracted by my iPhone. Exactly. Let's go get some pills. Now she gets a bunch of oxycotton, and then everybody's yeah. happy. Nine Mama's got later. a new boyfriend. Pops out. That sounds like an awesome existence. And the cycle continues. The reproductive cycle. And the cycle continues. It's like uh, David Attenborough, like looking at a plant. We should do some shouts, shouts. and then we're going to segue to segue, segue, segue. We're going to have we're going to have James. We're going to do him at the end because we got we got Bill Soil waiting. Waiting. He's waiting. I'm going to be gone. I'm I'm pretty much like I'm going to do. I wanted to build a soil. With cheesecake lady exactly, overlap. Yes. Well, are you I, leaving, Jessica? Are you yeah. staying? I'll hang for a little bit, but, but I'm not, not to the end. Stay till three. No way. But I want to say hi to James. He's he's my homie. There okay, we'll do that. Can we do that very briefly, and then shout outs, and then build the soil? Sure. If he wants to call in, I already sent him the number. James. Wow. Well, in the meantime, let's do shout outs. Yes. Big big shout out to Kid. Do it on the screen. Do it. Do, do it. what you do. The show's been going so well, it hasn't been skipping. I didn't want to fuck anything up. Oh, you yes. can do it if you want me to. See, do that's it. not how a confident person <laughs> touches I'm not mouth. confident in our <laughs> shitty computer. That's why I've been just letting it letting it do its thing today. But we can see how it goes. We can we can see what it does. Shout out right away to... Uh, way, way to Grow. Was there yesterday? Was there... Where? You were at Way to Grow. Uh, yeah. Which Way to Grow? My favorite one, of course, Platte River. And did you go to Concentrate Corner? I did, actually. I what do they out. have there? They had pretty much... It's I a mean, corner of concentrates? It no, it's not uh, a corner of concentrates. Lots of silicone, lots of... Uh, all, it looks like Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> it's it like is. Silica. It is. It is, like, it is, actually. It's got... Uh, they have a few ovens in, in there. I mean, it's not a huge spot, but I think they have everything kind of covered. They're like a little mini simulated setup going on. Um, nice. <coughs> but, uh, yeah, I had to go by there, pick up a few supplies. You dropped the code? Of course. How'd it do for you? Good. They were... And they, yeah, they... They, they get psyched when you say it? They ring a bell or something? They no. get, let you have as much candy as you want? As much. They, they, uh, really weird that they had only Tootsie Rolls the other day. I was like, what? Yeah. Kid, kid ran through. Picked that up. She must have been there. I stopped <laughs> a few of them and, and picked up the good candy. I was like, what star? happened? They're only Tootsie Rolls. But no, shop was looking great. It was like, it's funny when you go keep going to grocery shops and they keep getting more and more filled, you know? At one time you go there and you'd be like, "Oh, there's a lot of stuff," and then you come the next time you're like, "Holy shit, they got a lot more gear than they had before." And there's another big Gavita blowout. Did you buy a Gavita? Uh, no, because you could have bought it for like fucking probably a hundred bucks. There he is. The Adam Dunn show code. There he is. Bring him on and let him Your sit man. on the side. He has to sit on the side. What do you mean he's just gonna have to sit there and while we sit yeah. through the shoutouts? Sit through the shoutouts. Sit my through the shoutouts. Mute your phone for us, real quick, James. Or the kid, you want to mute? the caller real quick because he's doing something in the background there. he never knows how to do it exactly you're <laughs> on but you're because then if he tries to talk to us we won't be able to hear him fair no. enough <laughs> uh, big big shout out to Incredibles Edibles Colorado's number one Edibles Univer- like, universe except for Cheesecake Lady you can go to IncrediblesColorado.com what do you think <laughs> of their candies Cheesecake Lady as a Connoisseur of ganja infused. I'll have it be something. noted that I've never interjected with my opinion because they're your sponsor and I like you guys. I love that. Oh. That's a great answer. What a great, what a great. But I have an opinion, and people who want to ask me about it offline, I'll tell you all about carnauba wax and shit. Cool. I like carnauba wax. It's not really a food ingredient. Yeah, it's on cars. It kind of goes right through you, right? I suppose. <laughs> exactly. Carnauba uh, wax. Carnauba wax. Our new, our newest. Sponsor, Incredibles <laughs> Edibles, Colorado's number one edibles. Let me tell you, their candy bars are not at IncrediblesColorado.com. Oh, you got to go. Yeah, there it is. Now he's getting down to the Fireberry Bar. Excellent bar. Mile High Mint Bar, also excellent. The Mile Higher. 
Obviously, why stop at high? That's stupid. Keep going. Yeah, hey, go keep high, going. For high, 90 high, milligrams, high. you go all the way. I wish they had a peanut butter or a Buddha. More butter than? You, yeah. you know, 300 milligram peanut. Like good. the mile high, mile higher. I love the firecracker bar. Why do you love the firecracker I bar? I just I like white chocolate, so that's why I like the cookies cream bar. Can you say white chocolate? I like a white chocolate. White chocolate. Okay, I missed some of the white chocolate. White chocolate. A little bit of the white. All right, I don't know about that one. <laughs> nope. Um, also, of course, we got a shout, big shout out to our homies over at Elite Organic Supply, Elite Cannabis, Boom. and you definitely got to pull up Mary's Medicinals. Look. I saw someone asked literally yesterday, oh, good, the internet is down. That's what it looked like for me, too. Boom, marriagenutritionals.com. You know, however, I did hear that you can't get some of this in certain parts of uh, the United States. webs in, in Florida. In Florida? Well, Florida, that's okay. Florida. Uh, you're probably too busy getting your kids to climb trees and break their arms. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Got much bigger, bigger thing. Bigger sure. fish to fry than ordering <laughs> CBD over the internet. And Florida. What is going on in the background? I feel like Adam. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. James can't control himself. He's got Tourette's all of a sudden. I understand. My brother has Tourette's. I understand. I have acquired Tourette's when I have to be around people who make me politically angry. I, that's what's awesome. Anyway, if you need okay. CBD for yourself, go to marysnutritionals.com for your, for your pet, marypetshop.com. You can. Find out more at EliteCannabis.com about how they're growing it. I was just at the farm this morning. That's where I met him on the farm. It's pretty cool. You drive right up on the road, and there's a field of plants growing like right right next to the road, and it's a field of obvious cannabis plants. Obvious. And you have a moment, and it's right there. Like you, have a you, moment. Could, you have a moment. You have a moment where you're like, wow. I got a, I got a message from Ryan the other day that he wants this all coming down. Ryan. Laughlin. Laughlin wants like, us yeah, on the, the farm. What the fuck are you talking about? Not you. Obvious cannabis the, plants. The it's pot. There's, there's pot. There's pot. a bunch of pot on the side of the street. A whole lot of pot. Chicken. It's all potted so up. Whole, whole room full of fucking. Shout out to pigs. Dark horse genetics. Dark horse genetics. Uh, updates on dark horse. Updates on dark horse. Updates on dark horse. I say it three times because I got to pull up the text message. And. <laughs> Well, you could obviously download the app, and then you wouldn't have had it quicker, wouldn't you? I uh, would. Is a text go? I believe. Here we go. So Jason says, "I oh, have a massage." Oh. Please announce Dark Horse Seattle is closed. Closed. Got a letter from the city to close the medical shop. Boom. We will be back with a five hundred two grow and a grow in Portland. Online sales will be back next week. They're retooling the website. Give away a pack of Bruce Banner seats today. And have the winner email me. I'll give out the email to the winner. Thanks, bro. Have a good show. So let's give out a pack of Bruce Banner seats. Whoa. Whoa. How are you going to do that? Um, we'll do it at the end of the show. End of the show. We'll, yeah, end of the show. Okay. There you go. We'll come up with an awesome thing. We'll, we'll think. We'll, okay. we'll try to think. 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 Um, it's not our strong point. Do, we, do I have shout outs? You? Yeah, you could do them. Well, you I could mean, do I'm em. not going to be here at the end of the show. What, you have a question now? Is it the, no the, questions. The, the yeah, hold breathing, on, hold on. Breathing. We're doing shout-outs. What about me? What about me? What about me? What about me? <laughs> what about me? We're is this doing the what about me corner? Wait a minute. We're still shouting out over here. Right? Shout-outs, of course, to Build the Soil, yeah. who's bringing us this whole episode. Uh, we'll be live with Jeremy. All the, all the important stuff. In about five, ten minutes here, <laughs> uh, teaching us all about nitrogen. 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 
Nitrogen. Nothing but nitrogen. It's what plants crave. It's what plants crave. That's Part one, nitrogen. <laughs> so, so uh, take her away. Take, yeah, let's hear. Let's hear the uh, the washed out Seattle report. I guess, as you would want to call it. The washed out Seattle rain report. Yeah, or well, the first day was washed out. But how did the rest of it all turn out? It was a really good settlement assessment down. I think this is the 20th probably year in a row they've done it. It's uh, the nation's largest free cannabis event, uh, I guess hemp-related event. Um, they say last year they had over 350,000. This year they were supposed to push 450,000. Uh, with the rains on Friday, I don't really know if they got to 450,000. Um, but it's, uh, it, was, it, it did pick up Saturday Sunday great days. Um, it's a lot better. I had uh, Odie Diesel, of course, from Humber Natural Wonder stop by. Sonny Chiba from the creator of the Double Book of of course, stop by. They were both uh, uh, on the panel. They uh, had DJ Short was on the panel. Um, which DJ Short? By. The real DJ Short. Which DJ, Sh- which DJ Short was it? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So I think the guy that made you talk to was the crazy guy. I the same, same the DJ guy. Short is the DJ Short, but I don't know. But this DJ show has a son named JD who I met two weeks ago with Eugene. Oh, really? Yeah. So, 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 so Wait, is that the real one or the fake one? I got you lost me. You lost me there. You lost me. No, he lost. Now, what does this one look f- like? The one, the same one, tall, so skinny, with, is, tall, skinny so one. This right? DJ show so, is the same one that we always know, the half and two finger guy. Okay. Good. Okay, DJ Short. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's been some. Well, con- there there's a little. Con- there's a little controversy in that world. That's a. F- there's some, there was some DJ short day for a second, but, but this one has the sound and JD has pictures, has trains as well, also breeding, so do the same thing. And and uh, yeah. and was there any kind of like I heard they were going to uh, be a little bit heavier on the smoking this year as far as like they weren't allowed. Did, did that did that just not happen at all and just went as normal or what was the deal with that? Uh, I didn't notice any differences. Of course, I always just smoke as usual, but. Um, it, if anything, it's, it's the new sampling law that got put in when the new rec law got put in, which is kind of Bill 5052, which is why there's no cannabis cup in Seattle, which is why there's no hemp cup in Seattle, MCOM cup. Yeah, so they're kind of, cha- every, like right now they're in transition between kind of pushing the whole medical out and going full rec, and it's kind of uh, making it impossible for people to hold events there, and it's making it like... Kind of stupid for the city, well, making it stupid well, for the city too. You guys are losing a shitload of money right now. Millions of dollars that they're missing on, on the, each cup that, was, that could come in, but that is, and and it's kind of uh, they're kind of pushing stuff towards when they go towards rec. That means nobody can grow their own. Um, Seattle's well, Washington's the only state that doesn't allow a home grow for recreational. So when they kill medical, they essentially kill the home grow, kill your ability to grow your own medicine. Yeah, that's that's the total. I mean, that's pretty much where the uh, the you get bit in the ass on the whole legalization side, where it's like kind of like, oh, really? So it's legal, but now I can't do what I could do before when it was illegal. Like fuck that, you know. Well, I mean, I went to a whatever a conference, a shitty conference in February, and the uh, director of Washington State, um, you know, the Stephanie, whatever her name was, was one of the speakers, and. I went early just to hear her, what she had to say but it was I did not pack my bags feel compelled to move to Washington based on her promises that she was making it was pretty grim stuff yeah it's it, I mean Jessica you, you, you get a lot of work out here <laughs> but 
Uh, I'm grabbing my bag, probably going in the opposite direction. Washington is no longer uh, a state that I'm far proud to be a citizen of or that has my rights in its best interest. Well, neither does Colorado, so where are we moving? I don't know, brother. Alaska. Give Alaska. If you're buying plane tickets, I'll go with you. You got cheesecake, I do. All right. Well, <laughs> sounds like fun. That's I a date. I love this show. I know. It's Spin not, off. There you might, go. Might da, 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 kid, da, da, you got to follow with the camera. You got to follow with the camera on the plane to Alaska. First, they got to get married in Vegas. You can annul. You can annul. No, no, it's fine. You can annul. I want a week's vacation before I get married. Fuck's sake. Okay. Well, I say shit about getting married. I really don't want to get married either. I think we're pretty. No, no, no. Yeah. We're trying to marry off Cheesecake Lady here. Yeah, I know. Well, Matt Riot was claiming, so we're trying to like. He's not going to leave. Put a ring on it, Riot. Riot is a fucking bitch talker because he's not going to leave his perfectly nice girlfriend for me, which is not fair to me for him to yank my fucking chain. Go yank her chain, dick. Punk rock dickhead. (laughs) (laughs) I say that with love and affection, of course. But kind of nailed it, though. Yeah, yeah kind of nailed it. I missed you at Fest this year, Jessica. What was that? I missed you at Fest this year. You, I, you, you know, I, I wanted to come out, but um, I wasn't going to drive across four states in a car full of weed with fucking out air conditioning. It just seemed like a bad idea. Yeah. So, um... There options. Well, yeah, there, there were other options. They just might not have been financially on the table for me right this minute. I'm trying to buy a hot water heater for my building. I have other priorities right now. That, hear that, fans? Fans, buy me a hot water heater. That, that's my request of uh, August 2015. I want hot water inside before November. Um, that's what she said. Yeah, that, I, I have, I have uh, such lofty sh- goals. But, yeah, no, I... Um, but uh, other, but I, other than that, there was, uh, I was going to say, from, from head specialists to wrap it up, you guys, uh, there was a standard probably 10, 15 different breeders were there. Everybody that's a breeder was there and had a beef, of course. Um, exotic, Dungeons Vault. Uh, Gage Green, uh, Elemental Boys came up. Um, so there's, there's a whole bunch of feedback. And the sales were decent. On, and the sales were decent on the second, third day. Oh yeah, maybe after the first and second, of course. It's usually uh, that's why I try to explain to people. It's usually, I heard Jason good, sold three packs in the first day, so that didn't sound like it was a real winning winning well, day. And they all sprouted because it was raining so hard. <laughs> yes, pre-sprouted seeds when it was raining on the first day. Here you go. Uh, I sprouted them uh, for yeah. you. Sprouted by the breeder. But that was the reason that we needed to bring in a second pop up, ten by ten. I saw the new pop up. It looked pretty. I was pretty impressed with your pop up. It was all very uh, uh, organized looking. Very nice. An actual matching uh, pop up to the bot. I was like, wow. Moving up in the world. Our, uh, our shelter of disco tent. Nice. Well, you, you definitely needed it this year. That's for sure. It was a good good call. Hey, hit me up after the show at some point, or get my number from Odie, and um, I want to talk to you about something else that's not relevant to this. Ooh. What? That sounds like a date. That does sound like a date. That's pretty much... How, how horrible would it be to have a date with me? You'd have to listen to all of my ranting. You know? well, Odie had a date with you. We had as, ma- as much meat that, as we could eat. That was not really a date. That was like socially awkward, and I ate way too much food. And and um, that was that was like there was like seven other fucking dudes. That's not that's not count as a date. Yeah. Pro tip: You have to be the only that's a gang bang. And it, and and I, and I still went home by myself. It wasn't even a gang bang. There were all sorts of fucking false promises made to me out of that event. No, yep, but I didn't pay for it. That's the best part. Yeah, and he did not fucking pay for me either. This was this was like totally zero percent of a date. 
But all right, let's try again. Let's try again. Try <laughs> round two. <laughs> if you look at your phone during the date, you are not getting laid. Oh, uh, the kid kid would not get laid. No, I, I, I that will that will drive me batshit. Kids don't get laid. Crazy. Oh shit! Then yeah, I need my phone. So turn your phone off. Put it in your pocket. I need my vibrate, phone. Like excuse yourself to go to the bathroom if you have to look at it, but don't sit there at the table and look at your damn phone. But, uh, which ain't acceptable. So next week in Washington, we have uh, Northwest Cannabis Classic in Tacoma. It's the three-part show that uh, they their their deal is they do the three recreational states: Oregon, Alaska, and Washington. Um, and so they did the, that's where they did the, the Alaska show that I was part of. Um, I actually got the, the guy who won the first place Indica and the first place at Pila is coming down. Um, but that'll be in Tacoma. We already have the judges get for that. We've been stepping on that a little bit. So there is like an event every week there, pretty much, huh? Much like here. Yeah, the circus, the circus never stops, you know, one city to the next. Well, cool. We, uh, we appreciate the call in and the, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure uh, Jessica appreciates the the upcoming date and free dinner that she'll finally get. Yeah, my my, my you know I expect hey, Paul. a pimping dinner in Alaska. No, I need another wrap. Double, I yeah. got another nug. I'll take a wrap and a drink. <laughs> Roll yourself another spliff here. On top of the exchange rate here. All right, man. Thank you. And we have right, Jeremy from Build the Soil calling oh, yeah, in. Yeah, get him. One get minute. Get him. One minute. <laughs> This vicious dog is, is right, so welcoming the new guests. Now we have uh, the jerks back in here jerking around, stealing everyone's weed. What? There's weed to steal? I have. You I've give him. You give him like twenty bucks worth of weed, here. and then he goes. You, you, you have to bring more. Brings food you a sandwich. Oh, he brings mine. Get back! Last time I was here. You're gonna wave a burrito around. You're gonna get mauled by the dog. So, so Jeremy should be calling in any second here. Right. We're ready. He said he's ready. There it is. There it is. Mr. Silva. Is that Jeremy? It's Jeremy. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Going pretty good, man. I've just uh, been loading up this truck here at work, and so pretty good timing. I actually had my dog at the vet this morning. A little hectic, but uh, the... The day is going pretty good, so I'm excited to start talking about growing again instead of just loading this truck up. So what have you been loading on the truck? Uh, we're putting 22 pallets, uh, super sacks of soil going out to a greenhouse, and so Dang. just trying to make sure that we had all the space cleared out and get the truck here on time. Always a little bit of a fiasco. Nice. Nice. Well, uh, we want to... Can you guys hear me okay out there? Yeah, we hear you great. You hear us okay. good? Yeah, I can hear you really well. Okay. Um, I was going to have Antonio call in here, too, and I'll probably message him here in just a few minutes. Sure. But I just wanted to touch base with you guys, talk a little bit about nitrogen today. Mitch, you kind of tossed that out. You mentioned that it was uh, an idea that you had and then wanted to cover all of the different nutrients. And right away I was like, man, I don't want to talk about just nitrogen or just this, but it's actually really exciting to research, and it's good stuff to know about. But what happens is when you go through all the science, a lot of times when you're studying the inorganic versus the organic processes, you actually find out really how complex the stuff is. I mean, there's chapters and chapters in microbiological books about the different processes. And so then you find out that nature does this all pretty much automatically and can keep a pretty even ratio of the right types of nitrogen to keep the whole cycling process going. And what happens is you go, man, why would I want to try and control all of this on my own when nature's got it down pat? 
And so the more I learn, the more I get back to the very beginning, which is I don't need to know any of this. It's kind of like I can flip my light switch on. As long as it lights up the room, I'm happy. I don't have to really know all about the electricity. Uh, that being said, it seems like it's more intriguing when you know some of the basics, and it gets you a little more involved in how awesome the plant world is. So, um, Mitch, anything in particular you wanted to talk about nitrogen, or you just want to kind of start with the beginning? Yeah, start with the beginning. That was my thought on it because it is one of time. the first things that the plant really needs. So, um, yeah, what, what does it's the plant do? To with figure it? out why why the plant needs it. You know what the plant actually does with it. And so we start to look at macronutrients, micronutrients. A lot of these terms came out of the fertilizer world. And so in a minute here, I'm going to call Antonio and bring him on because one of the things that I wanted to talk about is um, the process that was developed uh, where we actually convert nitrogen. I forget how to say it, but it's like the Haber-Bosch method. And the reason why it's important right now is we're getting organic farmers for the or n- normal conventional farmers that use um, synthetic fertilizers, their price is going up on nitrogen. And the reason is because of this Haber-Bosch process requires an incredible amount of energy. So to make nitrogen from the air, it takes a lot of energy from fossil fuels to get that energy. So that means nitrogen goes up every time fuel cost goes up. And so now a farmer out there that's really dependent upon nitrogen inputs synthetically, he's starting to see his profit margin go down each year. And for the first time, those farmers are saying, wow, I need to maybe start to work with nature to do this process instead of paying for these companies that use expensive fossil fuel to create the energy to create the nitrogen. And then we'll talk about the different types of nitrogen so that we can determine why the synthetic is slightly different from organic and how that process works. But uh, first thing, nitrogen is part of proteins. It makes about 16% of a protein molecule. And so when you look up protein, Protein, amino acids, they're pretty much the building blocks of life, and they can uh, really have a lot to do with almost every biological process from DNA, RNA, encoding cells. And so when we start to look at nitrogen as actually a big percentage of those proteins, we can see how nitrogen is so important. And then we find out that it's part of chlorophyll A and chlorophyll B, so really anything a plant does has to have nitrogen as part of that process. And so then we start to go, okay, well, wow, if nitrogen is such a big deal, it's in every part of the plant, uh, how do I manage the nitrogen cycle better to my advantage? And that's where we start looking at different types of nitrogen, how they affect the pH, how they affect the soil. And then we can also look at how the natural processes of nitrogen occur and how they differ. So in any ways, um, this is about the time I want to bring... Antonio on so we can talk about some of the bacteria that fix nitrogen some of the other stuff on the natural side sure so I'm going to message him right now sounds and good and I figure he and I will have a little bit of a conversation and I'm guessing in the middle of that there's going to be some user questions and I've got a couple of different textbooks that I can recommend and a few other things that I've got out on my desk because we're talking about really specific processes I may not be exact on some of the terminology and it's not necessarily important that we're exact but if you are someone who does care about this stuff a little more, I'll point you to the direction where you can get this stuff. Ultimately, today, I want you to get the philosophy, the ideas behind it. I may fudge on a term or two. You know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not specializing in nitrogen. Um, but from what's out there, I think we can get a good idea of what our plant needs and maybe how to better manage that just by using a few. No. Oh, I did it wrong. 
What happened? So we have our new caller. You killed the caller? You killed, you, you didn't kill the, yeah, you killed. No, we oh. here. Okay, good. No, you're there, I know, we, okay. he, we killed, <laughs> of course we killed Jeremy. And then, and then I'll do it the right way. Well, maybe you well, should, should be in the room. Chair during the show. My pants. I would, I would piss my pants. I'm just saying. Well, that would—that's what a professional would do. The show Jamaica. must go on. Kid. The Jamaica juice. Jamaica. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Uh, so what's going on? Are we in a lull between callers now? Or no. Oh, no. I think we lost lost uh, both yeah, callers. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I am going to. Uh, Wrap up my stuff and get out of here then while you're waiting for that dude to call back real quick. Sounds good. So essentially, Do we have anybody on the line right now? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. Oh, yeah, all right, yeah. then I won't do that. <coughs> but so we're still waiting for Jeremy on, to get back online. But you, but you, can, you, can, you, can, you can make an exit stage left if yeah, you like. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I've got things There's to do. Jeremy. Uh, add to right. group call, kid. All right. Let me wrap up and get out of here, and then you guys can talk all about it. All right. Now we got every. So, Cheesecake Lady, we're going to wrap you up and get you out of here. Pretty much all I want to say before I head out is oh um, my God, Monday, August 31st, the state is having a public hearing with um, potential for remote access um, testimony from the public to discuss the new rules that I was just talking about, the stamping, the plant count limits. There's a bunch of other stuff on the table as well that we didn't really even get into today because it's not nearly as egregious as those topics. But... Um, I will put, try to put something together for you guys with links to everything. And there's a link on my Facebook page of Jessica LaRue to the, um, all the data from the state on that hearing next, a week from this coming Monday, the 31st. And that is at 9 a.m. in the state capitol old Supreme Court chamber. So anyone who comes there who says they listened to this and heard about it, that hearing on the Adam Dunn Show, I will hook you up with half price seeds. Did they say that during their testimony? And, edibles. and, and if you're no. awesome, and if you're super awesome, then I'll hook you up with some seeds. I will tell Adam who I thought was super fucking awesome and deserves some seeds. So that way, Boom. on September second uh, or third, whatever the date of that Wednesday yeah, is, we, somebody will get hooked up with some seeds from him too. Um, then I just want to say shout outs to uh, Stacy at Harvest House up in Netherlands. Yeah, and shout out to Stacy. And a shout out to um, Odie and all my friends from Homegrown Natural Wonders. Jesus. And shout outs to Shoney Chiba and Billy Braveheart and all my friends in Washington that I missed seeing. Okay. And, uh, you know, I appreciate being on the show, y'all. And, uh, you know, that, that's my statement for the day. Thank you. I appreciate you, you guys having Not one swear in that entire... I got I to gotta tell oh, you... I'm fucking I'm, a fuck. Right. Yeah. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry Paul left the room because I got to acclaim him. He he managed to stir this with ice in it in such a way that just the foam on top is frozen. In a delicate... That's pretty impressive. It's like frozen. It's so it's frosty. He was too busy stealing my weed and it took him a while. And then... Yo, I brought you a drink. He, he was doing some eight. shade. You saw those There's maneuvers? I, I still have not stolen any weed. I've been here like four freaking times. I've never stolen if any If he's weed. in the room, you're not getting nothing. Oh, he's well. already it's like... It's all gone. I'm just here to steal he the in, fucking hearts, he, you know? You can keep uh, your fucking weed. Yeah. There you all go. All right. On that note. On that note. On that note. We'll segue back to our heart stealing... burrito? Yeah, fuck yeah, man. Breakfast and lunch. Burritos. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, Jessica. And I gave your dog some snacks down over there too with my excess burrito. So. Oh, that'll be so. Fun. The yeah, that, the car that, ride will be guessing. That's what they call payback when I have to spend the night in bed with a flatulent fucking mug. Yeah, a little cabbage never hurt. No, yeah, so <laughs> I mean, Adam eats beef free. Adam doesn't eat male food. All right, so what? he doesn't eat male. Food? Yeah, he eats like a girl. Because he doesn't need it. <laughs> All right. Let's whatever, seg- that, whatever that means. Let's segue back to our guests. 
Jeremy, do we have you back on the line, buddy? Yeah, I'm here, and I think Antonio's on Antonio, the line. Antonio, well. we have you on the line. I think line we have it all. Right? I think we've actually had some crazy techno- technological all right. masterpiece. Well, gentlemen, all right. take it away on jerky. nitrogen. On all right, jerky, shut up. Oh, yeah, here's a big baby. Lapdog. Come on, lapdog, get out Antonio, are you there? Yep. No. All right, perfect. So, Let's bring this nitrogen I'm not sure game. if you were listening to the last couple minutes because we... Uh, I turned my volume off, so I'm not sure if you were listening, Antonio, but I was just basically introducing nitrogen as part of the chlorophyll, part of proteins, part of basically every process that a plant's going to go through, and so um, that's how important it is, and then I wanted to segue into all the different types of nitrogen that are out there, and then, of course, in school, we learn about some of the cycles, and there's a, a process called the nitrogen cycle. So we can kind of loosely touch on that, but I think what most of us care about is what's going to make our plants grow well. And so there's a few differences on the pH uh, that some of these different nitrogens can have, and that's how the organic processes work. And then, of course, there's the uh, synthetic side or the man-made side where we're actually producing nitrogen by taking it out of the air. And I mentioned in the past that that takes a ton of energy, and it's fueled by fossil fuel. So the cost of nitrogen is going up. And the cost of working with nature to mine that nitrogen is still the same as it's always been. It just takes a little bit of knowledge. And then uh, the reason why I wanted to bring Antonio on is he's been doing a lot of research in this area, particularly in the fixation side, which has to do with biological nitrogen and some of the bacteria that will help with that process. So, um, Antonio, a few minutes, we were just talking about how much nitrogen's in the air, how much is in the ground, and how... Even with both of those, there's not enough. We're going to need some living organisms to step in. Um, how does the how do those microorganisms kind of take part of that process? Um, well, uh, most of the nitrogen that's up in the air it makes up 79% of our atmosphere. It's in N2, which is uh, double bonded, so it's incredibly, incredibly hard to get it to bond with N2. nitrogen gas, right? The N2. Yeah, it, yeah, nitrogen gas. And that's where that uh, Haber-Bosch process that you were talking about earlier comes in. Usually we use extreme temperatures to overcome the uh, activation energy required for it to bond. But instead, we use nitrogen-fixing bacteria, and they convert it into NH3, which is ammonia, which gathers hydrogen from the soil, uh, which is, again, your pH. And uh, over a rather complex process, you end up with ammonium. And then you have nitrogen, nitrifying bacteria, which is also called ammoniafying bacteria, and it produces uh, NO3 out of that, which is nitrate, and pretty much all of what the plant absorbs is nitrate. Yep. So basically what that gets at is there's a form of nitrogen that's in the air, it's in a gas. He mentioned about 70-something percent of our air is nitrogen, so it's abundant, but that only makes up about a percent, one point something percent of the nitrogen that's on the earth. Most of it's inside the earth. So these bacteria can actually pull that small available amount from that high abundant amount right out of the air. But even then, once it's fixed, it's still not available for plants. Organic nitrogen is not readily available. That's where the microbiology comes in and converts it to those different types that Antonio was mentioning so that now the plant can absorb it. And so Correct me if I'm wrong here, but essentially the Haber-Bosch process bypasses a lot of that biology and makes a, a form that's plant-available right away, correct? Yeah, it's going from N2 plus 3H2 to uh, N2H3, which because it has a hydrogen bonded, it wants to become 
plant soluble much much easier and it's also yeah. how they made like a lot of explosives for world war one for world war one exactly yeah yeah so well it's, what's it's, interesting it's about that process is it sounds beautiful right they're like wow we take energy we pull it out of the air and you're like this is great i need plant available nitrogen why would this ever be a bad thing well one of the things that happens with that is um, it's actually pretty mobile. And so when we talk about macro and micronutrients, um, nitrogen is those, one of those ones that's uh, in flux. It converts. It's mobile. And that's why you see, uh, start to see deficiency symptoms on the older leaves of plant growth because it is mobile. The plant can move it up. And so when we're looking at that nitrogen that's in the air and converting, and then we find this process that's able to convert it out of the air and make it plant available, we can skip some of that biological process, which means now we don't have to have a really healthy organic matter content in the soil. We can just pour the nitrogen on, the plants are going to grow. So you can imagine the reaction the first couple of years when this started to happen, but we find out right away that uh, it moves. It'll just drain out of the soil and leach out. It'll turn back into atmospheric nitrogen and leach back into the air. And so even if the farmer starts to spend money on... bill for nitrogen would be double, quadruple what it would have been without that. And so just it leads to the oh, next yeah. question. Well, how can we get all of our nitrogen without wasting money on the fertilizer, which obviously these companies have a really vested interest in selling us? Indeed. Uh, there's a lot of uh, native ammonia-fying bacteria already if you're forming good compost. If you're making good compost, then ammonia-fying bacteria will make NH3 from the degradation of organic matter and nitrogen-fixing bacteria will turn N2 to NH3. It's interesting. Uh, it's been uh, researched that the Haber-Bosch process right now takes 1% to 2% of the world's annual energy supply every year. So Crazy. it's a pretty uh, huge thing. Yeah, it's, a, it's an abundant... It's a ton of energy. It's being grown to grow crops. It's, it's negatively affecting our soil. Um, there are maximum parts per million of nitrogen that's allowed to be in water because there are you know cases where farmers would just abuse it instead of saying hey i'm going to use nature a little more or i'm going to use cover crops i'm going to use organic matter that will suppress this from turning back into gas and going in the atmosphere they'll just wastefully spend it especially years ago when it was really cheap and so that would cause right. a lot of the problems with the runoff and everything else now that cost is going up we see farmers managing the nitrogen process a little better but what's so unbelievable is uh, in the last episode, we talked about uh, no-till. And if you haven't checked it out, we've got a few videos on Build-A-Soil if you click on the blog section, and it's just setting up a no-till container. But, but one of the reasons why we're using cover crops, why I use Modern Microbes, which is Antonio's product, why I use cover crop, and why I use mulch, is because this is managing a lot of the different types of nitrogen from within the mineralization, which is part of the process, as well as immobilization. Now, you mentioned organic matter. When you mulch or when you have rotting organic matter, it's based on the carbon to nitrogen ratio. And I get a lot of questions about this, and I've been struggling to find a way to help answer this because if you were to put something with lots of carbon into your soil and physically mix it in, well, what will happen is what they call immobilization, and that's where the bacteria in there require a certain amount of nitrogen to digest the carbon into organic material. And so if you look at a really good compost, it's got a carbon to nitrogen ratio, which is a little bit closer to the bacterial and fungal's natural level, closer to that 10 to 1 balance. And that means it's a lot easier to break down without robbing nitrogen from the soil. In a top dress, I usually don't see nitrogen being robbed, but a good way to picture this is 
let's say you're playing musical chairs and the bacteria are the players running around the chairs. If you have a really high carbon to nitrogen ratio material, there's going to be a thousand chairs and only like a few bacterial players. And so there's going to be a lot of open chairs and that's going to attract players from other parts of the game to fill that up. And what happens is that's where you get your nitrogen being robbed. On the other hand, if you have really good materials with low carbon to nitrogen ratio, uh, there'll be a perfect balance where all the chairs are full, there's nobody extra. And so it's a, it's visually better when I'm drawing it and writing that explanation out for somebody, but the whole process in a living soil is about managing this so that we don't have too much nitrogen, because what happens when you get nitrogen excess? The plant tries to store it, and it can actually burn the plant, right? Sure. And we get nitrates accruing in the watersheds, which destroys the right? water supplies and leads to stuff like yeah. the dust. And I think, I think I, whenever I go to any large-scale grow here in Colorado, it's like pretty much excessive nitrogen. Everything's like dark, dark. Everything is always like... Well, and you want to push it hard, right? And And people are proud... when you get... Yeah, people are proud of it, but at the same time, you're like, you do realize that you're like, you don't need it and all that. You don't need them to be crispy and crunchy like that. They could just be about half... Like they're pushing them, yeah. And even if you see one that's not quite crispy, what I see in organics is a lot of times an overabundance of nitrogen, but you don't get that burn. And part of it is because of the biology, you have that denitrifying bacteria that will convert it to a gas instead of almost making the plant take it up. And do they just so show up because it's overabundant? Is that kind of the, how the system stays in balance? And maybe that's steering it back towards Antonio. Yeah, Antonio, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. It, it There's a lot of bacteria out there. Constant balance. Um, you've got yeah. the nitrogen-fixing bacteria is pretty essential. It's the one that you're usually inoculating. Nitrifying bacteria... Some people, uh, if you do aquaculture, you're probably getting these just natively. Like, those are um, kind of some of the more interesting ones. They are the nitrosomas um, and nitrobacteria species, where most of the nitrifying bacteria are the azotobacteria and uh, azoospherium, or if they're for legumes, they're one of the rhizobium species. Yeah, and essentially we just find that nature has not only one or two or three, but several different types of bacteria that do all of these different functions. And so, again, nature never puts all its eggs in one basket. It has a million different ways to do this process. Our limiting factor is going to be that we're putting a sterile soil in very small amounts. We don't have an ecosystem. So one of the number one uh, tenets of running a no-till soil process is to give yourself all the advantages nature would have, and that's more soil, more mulch, cover crops, all the beneficial bacteria. That's where we start to see the whole ecosystem really start to sing. And, you know, nitrogen's an important part of that process. We were talking about overgreen or over-nitrifying. In a living soil system, um, it's a little bit harder to do that. But, for instance, if you're using synthetic nitrogen, and let's say you're not even getting burned tips, you're just really pushing one type of nitrogen, that can actually raise your pH or lower your pH over time. And that's part of the chasing your tail that happens when you're using synthetic nutrients. a lot of the better manufacturers will actually have urea, ammonium, and um, nitrate. So they'll have, like, all the types of nitrogen in the bottle to balance that pH better. Ammonium, but ammonium, nitrate, system, and urea. And urea, exactly. And so, and, and that'll balance a little better, but an organic system, if we have tons of nitrogen and we have optimal temperatures, all of the photosynthesis sugars that are being created can now combine with so much available nitrogen to create lots of new leaves, lots of new roots, lots of new stems, and that's when you get a very fast-growing vegging plant. Now, this can be counterproductive if it grows so fast that it's not lignifying and you get really weak 
dark green, yep. too fast of growing plants, you'll see this oftentimes in a deep water culture setup where you got a fast growing setup, all the light, everything's happening, tons of nitrogen, and you'll get a hollow stock and you'll get really weak limbs and those are more susceptible to pests and everything else. So uh, a lot of times when I was doing hydro back in the day, a lot of the guys would run like more flowering nutrients even in the veg cycle. And like the Lucas formula was all the micros and the, and the blooms. And it made a little bit of sense because when you have all nitrogen, most, most every part of the activity of the plant is going to be towards vegetative growth. And when you change the type of nitrogen you're using and reduce it a little bit, you have the plant's ability to start working with some of the other nutrients there and go towards its flowering cycle. But in organics, this can all be handled automatically. And there's certain things we can do. Top automatically, automatically, obviously, for us. It's, there's a lot of work going on. We're just, we're oh, just there's a ton of work going on. But obviously, we yeah. talked about all the energy required, and in the soil, there's still energy required. And so that's where some of these extra benefits we do. You hear people using compost tea or amino acid powders. A lot of times, this is because someone's researched the nitrogen cycle. They're in tune with their plant. And rather than just fully trusting nature to do everything for them, they realize we're really pushing the boundaries of this plant indoor. And so we adopt other techniques that allow us to really make that plant work. And so... That's one of the reasons why I put the microbes in those videos into my soil is because I don't want to make it harder on myself. I just want to make it easier. And when you have the right bacteria, you don't get over-nitrification. You don't get all the same problems where if there's too much moisture and the soil pH drops, you only get one type of nitrogen available. So when you have all these things working together, you can keep it neutral, and then you can allow the plant to actually change the pH in the rhizosphere to alternate whether it's getting a positive hydrogen or a negative hydrogen and that would relate to what type of nitrogen. So, and Tony, maybe you can talk a little more about the two types of, the main types of nitrogen there as far as the negative hydrogen and the positive. Yeah, sounds Yeah, good. usually you're uh, looking at uh, the negative is nitrate ions, and these are what you're specifically, they're the biggest things being uptaked by the roots and then flowing up the xylem. Um, the more insoluble form is ammonia slash ammonium, and... It's interesting. Uh, one of the things he's talking about is the pH kind of uh, uh, allowing that swing. When uh, NH3, which is ammonia, becomes ammonia, uh, ammonium, which is NH4, it does that because of that free hydrogen, which is catalytic hydrogen uh, at that point. And it, it goes through kind of a way too complex of process to kind of go over because it involves like ATP synthase and all that. But basically, your plants begin to control the pH via exuding specific um, hydrogen and exudates that are high in sugars, amino acids, organic acids, all that. That's why we end up with like a very thriving rhizosphere and we get really high amounts of rhizobacteria and we get high amounts of all the other really good bacteria that make it easy for our plants to just kind of have everything provided for them. When it ends up being uptaked into the roots, this uh, nitrate, which is the negative ion, uh, it it kind of becomes NH4, which is that ammonium again, which is the same thing that's happening in the soil. So some ammonium does get absorbed by the plant, but a much lower degree than the nitrate itself. And a lot of that has to do with um, the basic exchange and the cation ion exchange, which is... Yep. Uh, well, and we talked, a, we talked about cations a lot in the past, but one of the reasons why it's important to know the differences is one of these types of nitrogen requires less energy can happen a lot faster and that's the one that's going to happen at a higher pH and so when you get into lower temperature colder temperature higher amounts of water 
and a lower pH, you're now operating on a much slower nitrogen cycle. And so obviously we want to have all the bacteria in there. So if we overwater, we have that nitrogen cycle going on when the pH goes up too high. Now, the reason why I don't talk about pH much is because once you have a good soil with all the cations balanced, it should take care of itself. And this is what Antonio was just talking about. It sounds a little strange to me, even in my head, when we're talking NH4 and you know, N2 and all these different forms, but picture it like this. You have a pH. Let's just say it's a number seven. We're right in the middle. We're neutral. The plant can now take up an ion through its roots. There's a chemical exchange there. It can either exchange a hydrogen one way or the other way, meaning it could go take some nitrogen up and it could make it slightly more alkaline in the soil or it could make it slightly more acidic. And so if there was only one form available, it would constantly climb up or constantly climb down. So when you have both types available in the soil, which comes from organic matter and also comes from minerals and also comes from fixing in the air, that's where the plant is able to constantly take up both types at the same time and leave the, neutral, the pH unchanged as far as uh, you know, a negative effect on the soil. Uh, right. The, uh, the more acidic your soil is, the more hydrogen that there is in the soil itself. That's why acidophilic bacteria have to have molecular hydrogen pumps. When we talk about the uh, cation ion exchange, we're talking about the clay inside the soil being able to actually hold cations and the exchange between cations and ions in the soil because hydrogen's positive, uh, calcium, magnesium, uh, NH4 is positive, and um, so is potassium. And where, like some of the things that we consider to be non-mobile in soil, like phosphate, is negative. So when we're relying on these bacteria to uh, just kind of make enzymes that make all these things happen and make it available, it works very well in these style systems because you have the organic matter and the clay matter so that you have a quick flow of ion exchange and you have a plant that can handle that pacing. And so the bacteria is doing the hard work. Your plant's pretty much more having like the metabolic action being accomplished very, very simply for it. And you end up with... you getting the most out of the plant that you can with the yeah. wow. Well, doing when I talked about the, just the musical chairs earlier and nitrogen, one of the things that I mentioned is if there's not enough bacteria and there's too much carbon, that's where nitrogen gets robbed because all of a sudden there's empty chairs, bacteria players have to come from all over the soil and start to break this down and work on it. And that's temporary. As soon as those bacteria die, they're going to release the nitrogen back into the soil. And so when people are building a soil and they're putting all sorts of different carbon and nitrogen ratio materials, you know, our fertilizer that we use, like crustacean meal, kelp meal, all of that stuff requires activity from the biology to break it down and turn it into its nutrients available for the plant. So if we're running a soil that is deficient in available nitrogen to start with and is deficient in the positive bacteria that we're looking for because we don't inoculate and maybe we don't have a good compost, we're really up against it when growing organically. And this is what I see a lot of people do. They say, I tried it, tried a soil. Well, that soil probably had not enough nitrogen, no actual bacteria and compost and fungi that was alive, and it wasn't inoculated. And so now trying to get nitrogen out of there without adding it, it's very challenging because getting it out of the air, it's not going to happen. You know, cannabis can't do it. The vegetables can't do it. It's got to associate with mycorrhizae, with different beneficial bacteria that's job is to fix this. And even then... A lot of times it's not available from the cover crop until that's tilled in. And so when we build a soil and we want to work with organics, 
we typically focus on have so much and of abundance of these beneficial bacteria and an abundance of organic nitrogen so that as the life in the soil gets ramped up and you create your ecosystem, you're not robbing Peter to pay Paul and you're not running out of anything. And so one of the number one problems I see in organic soil with regards to nitrogen is people will underwater heavily and without the right moisture or they'll overwater heavily. And so either of those problems will really affect that natural nitrogen process. And so once you get aware of how these affect your soil, you can start to more intelligently predict why your plant is acting a certain way. And pretty soon you won't have any issues. But the reason I prefer to work with organics is if you start having issues in synthetics and you start adding nitrogen and cutting it back, that's where Adam mentioned everywhere else he goes to you see crispy tips. It's because most growers would rather have the plant have too much rather than too little because our bottom line might be affected, you know. Yeah, I mean, classically, everybody <coughs> does the uh, the same as they do would do in industry, which is push the plant till it has a burn tip, pull it back till it's just, you know, very much of the vert. You might see the if you know it, you can see that it's about to burn, you know. That's kind of like the sweet spot. But, of course... Yeah, and you know, that's also when you... I don't know. It's like golfing. When I try my hardest to hit it, the ball goes nowhere. It goes all the wrong directions. But when you have a really in-tune process and it's smooth, it just crushes it, you know? <laughs> Do you golf, Adam? Yeah, I, mean, I love uh, it. Have um, you golfed? Yeah, I golfed, yeah. Heavily? Um, kind of. I went through a little phase. I you went through a golfing phase? Golfing phase, tennis phase, all these little stupid things. But I was all like self-taught ghetto style. So no, the answer is no. After ghetto that. golf, ghetto golf, and ghetto tennis. Yes. <laughs> Back to the point. Well, golfing, I'm always thinking about it. Uh, obviously, grass and growing grass and a lot of that stuff. I don't golf very often. I used to when I was younger, but now it just takes so much time. I got other stuff going on in my life that I like to do. Uh, a lot revolving around build the soil and. Uh, I've got a few acres on my property. I'm trying to permaculture and build hugel beds and turn into a food forest. And so that's occupying a lot of my research lately. And so that's also where the nitrogen cycle comes in. We keep talking about this stuff. And my goal is to not use any outside fertilizer and totally close the loop. And so uh, there's all these different ways to get nitrogen. And even in your organic world, you can go buy fish hydrolysate. You can go buy amino acid powders. On the other side of the coin, you can get ammonium nitrate and all these different synthetic ones. So what's the difference, Antonio? If I were to go get just an organic nitrogen fertilizer, so to speak, liquid or dry, versus a synthetic one, like why does it matter? Why, why would I care? Because of the amount of excess nitrate and nitrate, uh, nitrate and aluminum aluminium that ends up in the water supply and that ends up in your soil that ends up burning your plants that makes it so that your soil becomes like you know we always use the term like it's got too much salt in it but like more realistically if something's burning your plant quickly it's nitrogen like the whole yeah. reason that i took alfalfa out of my mix was because if you're looking at you know a hundred plants and keeping enough soil for that and you have to cook it for you know even two weeks that's the pain in the ass and to solve that problem, you look at how to bring in nitrogen from the atmosphere and from slow decomposing sources, and it's never an issue anymore. So rather than always learning about worrying about like burning your plants or you know is the soil going to have to be thrown out or something, it just makes life easier on you. Yeah, and another thing to consider that I've just really go back to when I've been building soils is if you have a question of if it's too much, just leave it out. You can always top dress it. 
And when you're top dressing, it doesn't involve the internal parts of the soil, and so it's a lot less likely you're going to rob nitrogen or have an excess. And so I've even had people put a cup of alfalfa on a small plant and top dress and tell me that the plant just took off with growth. And it's because when it's on top, the the natural biology can handle it. But like you said, when you start mixing it in your soil recipe, it can cause a lot of different dynamics to happen. So It's uh, actually those uh, ammonia-fine bacteria we were discussing earlier that are heavy in that mulch layer that are able to handle it and put it into a form that by the time it hits the roots, it's all right. And that's that's what's great about being able to top dress or, you know, even doing compost tea and stuff like that. It makes it just much, much more available, and it makes it so you don't have to worry about if it's going to hit your roots before it's in a plant-soluble form or how your plant's going to react. Yep. So if we're trying to do biomimicry, which we talk about a lot in the organic side of it, Meaning, our conclusion, Antonio, a lot of times when we discuss things is that nature is smarter and has got it figured out. These systems are in place. And so a lot of what we do as humans is try and figure out how that works and explain it. And then all the terms we come up with are just describing something that already happens. And so uh, one of the philosophies that I see in some of these older organic gardening books, um, for instance, I'm reading the Ruth Stout No Work Garden Book. I mentioned that on the last show. If you haven't grabbed that book, buy a used copy, Ruth Stout, No Work Garden Book. Uh, really incredible, and she talks about a lot of the different things that we're talking about. But when it comes all the way back around to nitrogen, she doesn't add any. She just adds uh, hay, mulch, or I'm sorry, straw. She uses alfalfa, or hay. I use straw. She uses hay. Really, what I'm learning, it doesn't matter. But one of the things that she was always concerned with is everybody said it would rob nitrogen from her soil. She puts 8 to 10 inches of um, hay all over her garden and it's constantly adding nitrogen and so she's not nitrogen deficient and so one of the few things that we are deficient in in a lot of soils is the minerals and so when we're making a soil as long as we can do good top dressing have minerals in the soil and then utilizing bacteria that fix it right out of the air we've got all three advantages working for us which is there's stuff already in the soil that's available We've got minerals that the bacteria can mine nitrogen out of, and we've also got uh, bacteria that can take it right out of the air. And so this is how we minimize these problems. Antonio mentioned not putting alfalfa or whatever it was right in the soil mix. And so I am constantly learning the same thing. Every time I try and add more ingredients to the soil, I end up having maybe not as good of a result. So I just keep on getting more and more basic with with the way we apply it. And the, the biggest issue that I see, and maybe you can chime in on this, Antonio, is uh, the size of the container with respect to the size of the plant. A lot of times, yep. a plant that's really humming and growing will surprise you with its ability to photosynthesize, and a couple days later, it might be root-bound and all of a sudden showing nitrogen issues because it's drinking water too fast and your soil is not able to keep up with the pace. So if we find ourselves in a position where we have to have a smaller container of soil and a bigger plant, what are the ways we can keep up with nitrogen? Would it be just the bacteria adding all the time? Would it be top dressing? Uh, or what would you say there? Bacteria top dressing with lots of organic matter because one of the big issues is like when it hits that point and it's begun to get root bound, it's not just that the plant is, you know, physically can't go any further. The micro community that surrounds it, that takes up like about, you know, 20% of where the energy, of metabolic energy is happening in the rhizosphere is now like limited to an incredibly, incredibly small amount of organic matter because of how much the roots have colonized. And that will really mess up your uh, colony rates trying to support that much amount of roots. So I talk to us with a lot of organic matter if that happens. Every once in a while it happens to all of us where we leave a plant out a little bit longer than we meant to and 
get back to it and realize like, oh man, it's starting to get root bound, but I don't have pots yet. I just top dress some like compost and earthworm castings with microbes and a little bit of alfalfa meal and it's fine for another week and then trans transfer it over and give it a heavy barley tea to break up any old roots and a barley SST. Yeah, it's really interesting. I've noticed the same thing as you and so there's a lot of fear mongering in the uh, fertilizer industry. And so, for instance, in that Ruth Stout book, there's articles she'll relate to that say, never mulch your garden, never do this. And so she kind of points out some of the flaws in that philosophy. But when we're talking about mulching organic matter um, and having a soil that keeps up with the pace of the plant, I've been, I've been really surprised. I thought I'd burn my plant. And so I've done tests where I took a clone-sized plant that's in a little square, maybe six-inch by six-inch container with less than a half gallon of soil, and there was still an inch of, of room left in, uh, below the rim. And so I wanted to do a top dress, and I've done this numerous times where I'll grab various amounts, not measured, like half a handful of fish meal, half a handful of alfalfa, half a handful of kelp, stuff that in my opinion is so abundant in relation to the small amount of soil in that cup it should literally just burn that plant and it shouldn't be able to live. But I come back the next day and everything I've top dressed, as long as I added some compost or castings with it, the plant is just phenomenally healthy and everybody's happy. And that comes yeah, back to the microbes. fact that when we add that carbon, we need the microbes. We need the microbiology in equal abundance. Otherwise, that's where we miss out on that equation. And so if you're top dressing, exactly. put some microbes, put some compost and watch the magic happen. The only challenge I see is if people top dress too much to the point where now they can't water the plant because it's mounded or it's gotten yep. above the rim of the container. So just be aware of that. If you plan ahead when you build your container so you have room for top dressing, you shouldn't have any issues. And before flower, I like to top dress right when I set up my container and certainly maybe a couple weeks before flower. That way there's nothing limiting the plant when it goes into its hormone change and really wants to rock. But we've talked a lot about nitrogen um, how important is nitrogen during that flowering cycle? You know, a lot of people think they should cut out all nitrogen and that it's just not needed in flowering. But we found some information that, you know, usually is pretty contradictory to that. It might be a different type of nitrogen, but it's still needed, right? Yeah. <coughs> I also, I also yeah. have a question with that too because uh, when, I'm yeah. when I'm doing my uh, seed crops, I always tend to, like, keep the nitrogen levels a little more like maybe half strength but definitely there the whole almost almost all the way through just because i don't want them to peter out you know i want them to kind of keep rocking yep. and uh you're talking about seed crops right so the harvesting the seed is the yeah growth. making seeds yeah making seed crops yeah perfect and and uh but it does seem to kind of like like seem to battle at a certain point like when they're when the plant should be exploding obviously it's been seeded so it's going to be a little bit less vigorous but still i, I see a little bit of this like uh uh fighting going on between the t between the plant where it's like because I'm giving it maybe too much or maybe one plant responds differently um, right now I have a like the sage is fighting it whereas the other plants love it you know and they just kind of thrive yeah it's oh, really yeah. interesting how you'll notice different genetics react differently in the soil too in the same type of soil that's crazy to me right like uh, some of the older sativas that just don't want anything done to them like, just give them SSTs and water, and that's it. And they're so efficient at using their own nitrogen or whatever it is, where some of these other ones, it seems like they just maybe have been hybridized to the point where they don't have that built-in ability, and they're, they've been in, you know, IV-fed or babied for so long, they just, when left to their own vices, naturally, they can't do it. 
And um, obviously, when we're growing outdoors versus indoors, you know, we look at different genetics and stuff. But lately, when I'm using the same soil and I see a couple plants that are acting finicky, um, unless it's some real land race or something that you know is real valuable to me, I usually end up voting that one off the island. I just don't want to deal with some plant that's maybe been inbred or improperly uh, grown to the point where it just can't grow happily, even when everything's there. It doesn't so, play well. It doesn't 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 play well with others, basically. Yeah. No, this one's out. And I've noticed sometimes I'll grow some genetics all in the same container when I do some seed testing. Sometimes I'll grow three or four in the same container, and they'll show different characteristics when they're grown by themselves than versus when they're in the container. And so I could totally imagine how when growing seeds you're trying to manage that nitrogen level. It, it makes a lot of sense there. But from the organic perspective, um, a lot of times people are worried about excessive nitrogen ruining the taste of their flowers. And so a lot of the... Um, you know, opponents of the organic movement will say, you know, I just, I want to be in control. I want to tell the plant, I want to be able to cut it off and flush it and starve it and all these different things. But when we look around in nature, like for instance, they, when I moved to Colorado, they called it color. Like it was that time of year where the colors were changing and people would go take drives. And I just never saw that in Southern California. It didn't really exist, at least to that level. And nobody's going out and starting to cut off the nitrogen fertilizer from all these different trees, and they go through senescence. They change their colors. Um, nobody goes out to my tomato plant and tells it, hey, no more nitrogen. Start making tomatoes. It does its thing. So to me, it's very confusing. It's, it's like, well, do I need nitrogen in flowering? How do I flush it out of the soil? Or will the plant be intelligent enough to just stop taking it up? And so when you start asking these questions and you start growing organically, you realize that power and intelligence of nature when you see a plant completely fade all the way down to yellows and purples and reds and you can plant another seed right back in that soil and it'll be ready to just veg out dark green luscious leaves and it's so confusing it's like where did that nitrogen go and that's what's so neat about organic nitrogen it takes the teamwork of the microbiology to deliver it to the plant and guess who's in control of the microbiology in that ecosystem it's the plant and without the plant that's why keeping our soil covered with roots and covered with degrading material is so important. You need both to have the whole synergy work. You can't just have the microbiology with no plant there. And so it just becomes tough when you start adding a lot of bloom boosters, a lot of nutrient teas. The way I talk to my customers about it is, in my mind, I could be way off here, but in my mind, it seems like you are taking the plant off of its hard-earned, high-energy ability to get nutrients where it has to really work for it, work hard for its food. And we're just babying it, saying, here you go. We're just spoon feeding it right into its mouth. And if you play back and forth between those two, there comes a point where the plant is not going to be able to work for its stuff anymore. It's just going to say, hey, spoon feed me. I'm ready for it. And so that's where we try and walk that line where organic growers are trying to push yield by doing nutrient teas and everything else, but they don't want to weaken the plant's ability to produce on its own. So that's kind of where those microbiology, where the microbiology comes in, and that's why I started carrying modern microbes, and why I'm doing a lot more testing um, on my own property right now. I actually just started trying uh, something you were talking about in the last show. You mentioned that you've done a bunch of plants without any compost teas, and I've just been too busy, so I've just been top dressing. And yep. Even though the results are a little bit slower, like maybe a day or two, just because the microbiological life has to compost it first before it hits the roots. Same, same thing. 
Yeah, that's definitely. Another fact. It's just a matter of how, how the work's going to get done. And I feel there's less and less energy waste. Like when you're top dressing, it may have a little delay, but there's the right amounts just delivered. We're in a compost tea. We're guessing on the other side. We'll make billions and billions of these, and whatever doesn't work will just be there for later. Yeah, and so I think I like that utilizing both is good, but yeah. Yeah, I, I, I struggle. I talk to, have, to like, growers out here in greenhouses. Yep. No, that makes a lot of sense. I talk to some people that tea every single time, and I talk to some people that water every time. And it's interesting is I see similar results between the two when we're talking about an infinite abundance of soil, when people are planted in the ground. And so one of the reasons why I'm an advocate for compost tea is I don't see a lot of, like, I don't see anything bad happening from it. It's not like it slows the plant down if you do too much. And so no. it's one of those few things that you can use, and it may not have a huge benefit if your soil's already kicking ass. But if you have a soil that really needed it, you'll notice a dramatic result. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think and if you grew past 20... Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, as long as you maintain a healthy... Once it becomes, like, a healthy environment... You, you kind of like it's almost like when you have a proper air conditioning compared to like a shitty air conditioner where once it's a, once it's humming and everything's running well it hardly needs to run because it's just going to like kind of maintain whereas if you're constantly yeah. when you're when you're working with uh chemical or any kind of other fertilizers that you it's really relying on you your timing and some of it's i mean you can definitely see the waste you know there's like huge huge amounts yeah. of uh unused product in those situations and it's a lot nicer when it well, stores you know in the beginning when i first started growing i was actually people said they wanted to be easier and they didn't like mixing nutrients i thought they're insane my favorite part of the day was mixing exact milliliters phing i was like dude i'm the scientist i'm in control it was a blast and then what happens you want to go on vacation you have friends in life and stuff that starts to pass you by and you go dude i'm gonna grow 24 7 365 I've got to find a better way where I'm not, I mean, if you're perpetual and you have a seedling mix and a clone mix and a veg mix and a bloom mix and everything in between, pretty soon you're going to mess up one of those recipes and your plant's going to tell you right away. And you're like, God, there's got to be a better way where I can maybe manage this and leverage a little bit of nature so I don't have to be the one that's always in charge making those decisions. So, Yeah, I mean, the only scary part for people is when they grow uh, organically is when they do have a problem and they they have it kind of like where is it they they always looking for that easy fix originally and now yeah. and now you're giving them like a you know three to four day turnaround time to see some maybe some stuff might turn around yeah. 24 hours but a lot of it, times it's scary too a lot of it comes from our lack of working with organics and so you're right it's the hardest part when someone makes that transition because as soon as they're up against a problem they could be doing all of the exact opposites, trying to fix it and just spiraling out of control, where at least in synthetic, you go flush, half-strength food feeding, and I'm back to health, and I can figure out what I did wrong next time. Yeah, and also, um, I think... So there is that learning curve that can hurt, but once that's picked up, the intuition should be there, and most organic growers I know almost have no unhealthy plants because their subconscious starts to work together, and it just really starts yeah. to work. Yeah, well, the other thing, too, is it's like... Uh, I think when you're when you're around the same plants and you, and it's not a lot like say if you have a you know you have a huge garden that it takes you all day to take care of the whole thing so you're kind of like uh, separate from certain plants for a while but if you're looking yeah. at only twelve plants or six plants and you're looking at them all day it's almost like you can't see the changes really well but if you kind of go away for yeah. two, two or three days and come back you're like whoa look at that you know everything you, you can see the health of it's and I've had it many times where like I'll I'll do something and then I'll come back 
like two days later and really see a result and then the person who's at the place is like yeah they they still look the same and i'm like no they look way they look they look they look better you know they're just like no they look yeah. the same and it's like no we're on the right we're going on the right path now everything's moving in the right direction but uh yeah. but it's, it, it's just hard to see that sometimes i think we go through a couple phases as growers though where uh, the first phase is we want to spend so much time with our plants and it's really needed because because you can't immediately from 10 feet away spot a leaf that is slightly curved you're like whoa is there a bug problem in the beginning, you don't have that intuition, and so you have to spend so much more time, and that's what triggers you to problems and gets you there. But it's almost like as you start to grow, it becomes a problem. I know people that if they would just leave their grow a- away for a couple of days, they'd probably do significantly better, and yeah. some people just oh, really sure. tinker too hard. You know, sure. It's nature. There's no one set answer, but Especially here's the, the thing. Once you go through... Once you go through the learning curve and you've failed and you have the problems, nobody can take that from you now. Now you know. Now you've lost crops. Now you've had problems where you're like, okay, I know not to do that again. And it's just so challenging when you're talking to a brand new grower and you're like, how do I even tell them how to water right? It's so intuitive. Once yeah. you learn, you know. And it's it's just there. And so it's very hard to go backwards and put your your frame of mind like like it was your first day and describe yeah. that. So yeah, that's where the videos come in, you know, and it does help. So I think it's also, I think it's also really like the root zone is the more is the area that's the part you shouldn't fuck with too much. You need to kind of like learn to fuck less with the root zone. And if you really want to tinker around, you know, do foliars or do something that's like you feel like you're doing something. Uh, whereas when you think you're doing something and you're doing it at the root zone and you don't know what you're doing, you're kind of like, it's almost like just put your hand into a motor and just starting to fuck around with shit and have yeah. you like, you know, hoping, hoping you're touching the right stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're just fucked every, you fucked everything up right there. Good job. <laughs> like, Is that what you're doing the bike broke? By the way, kid, you got to get your what? bike out of my parking lot. And you mentioned before, like Kurt driving a car, right? If you oversteer and start overcorrecting, you're going to flip that whole thing over, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, and that's so. and that's and that's the way. It's like, uh, you know, it's it's easier when you're doing it with uh, bottles because you can, even when you're, you know, if you're smart, you're going to do about half dose of what they're telling you to do, and yep. uh, that should keep it in the safe zone. But you know, like you said, one mistake, you know, where you're like, oh, is that five mil per two and a half gallons like shit or is that yeah <laughs> i give them i give it half a gallon oh man they're like 14 uh, times uh, what i'm supposed to give them and then, you know then you know that's already uh, it's it and it's like it can't just suck it out you have to flush the shit out of it and, yep which you can still do no. but it's not, not so what about nitrogen adam as far as you know we've talked about organic nitrogen antonio's talked about nitrogen fixing bacteria and that's a whole world you could just get lost in um there's so much information i I mentioned that i was going to mention this book soil microbiology if you guys are into this stuff you can google it soil microbiology it's called an explanatory approach by mark coin and it goes into every detail of every part of this entire process we're talking about like way too far but even with all this organic stuff the non-organic it also affects just bottled nutrients like for instance do you guys look at the different nitrogen that's in there? Do you trust different companies to have better nitrogen? And I wanted to ask Adam, more about what you were talking about in terms of which nitrogen is used in flour and which nitrogen isn't. Yep. And that's, you know, Antonio and I will talk about that in a second, but it's like, are there differences in quality of nitrogen? And so we ask all these questions, but really the end of the day, Antonio hit the nail on the head. 
There is a massive waste of energy, uh, percentages of the world's energy use just going to nitrogen, just going to feed food, and then we find out that that all that energy is being so wasted because now it's ruining our soil to the point where it's creating an energy loss we're going to have to put back in in the future. And so if you can start to learn about this, it's not just, oh, synthetic is going to make my buds burn differently and I want to be healthy. It's not about that. Although that's one aspect of it, it's literally the fact that if you research history, when the soil is gone, we're screwed. The whole economy can't move forward, and we've been living artificially off fossil fuels in all of our soil for a long time, and it's time we change that. And the only way we're going to change that is if people start to realize the magic of nitrogen-fixing bacteria, mulching, covering the soil, keeping roots in it. And that's the only way we're going to make any sort of turnaround on, on health, on a lot of the problems we're having. It stems right back to the health of the soil. And so um, there's a, I guess that's a lot to talk about there, but there's a book on that that I'd also like to recommend called The Soil Underfoot, Infinite Possibilities for a Finite Resource. By, um, Repeat that. Churchman. I want to write it down. Uh, the Soil Underfoot, Infinite Possibilities for a Finite Resource. Soil it's underfoot. one of the books that really uh, inspired me. It talks about the rate at which we use organic matter versus the rate at which it's produced and how it's produced and exactly like kind of why the artificial and synthetic nitrogens have led to this huge amount of the land that we've just kind of discarded because of it yeah. having be so chock full of just damaging forms of nutrients at this point. Yep. And then what happens? And then the nature comes in and goes, Oh, I can fix it. I will put weeds everywhere. And then man goes, Oh, yep. spray all the weeds with chemicals. And then nature's like, I'm just trying to fix it. And you keep ripping the scab off. Can we? You just fix this. And so the key is cover your soil. Get mulch down. Get bacteria in there. Get roots into the soil. And if you're outdoors and you've got a soil, let's say you just go take a 10 by 10 area and fence it off. Cover it with a foot deep of bar of uh, alfalfa straw or hay and plant into it. In a year or two, you're going to have such deep, rich, dark black soil, it'll blow all your neighbors away with what you can produce. Then you can start to cycle some of that indoors and keep the whole loop closed and make your own soil. But if you don't do any of that, if you don't have any land, then certainly we can talk about all the recipes. Um, Antonio has a soil recipe that's loosely based off of some of the stuff we put in our soil, and so we're actually teaming up uh, to make a really advanced soil that is a lot more plug-and-play for the average grower. But even in that case, you still have to understand some of the basics, and I see so many soils with no mulch, with no top dressing, and in organics, what I'm trying to pound home today is the nitrogen cycle relies on roots being in the soil and the soil being covered by degrading organic material. So get mulch on your plants, get top dressing, get some beneficial bacteria, and then you can own the nitrogen cycle instead of trying to figure it out. So, Right on, dude. I'm oh, sorry, yeah, the, kid's going, the, the kid's, yeah. kid's going down. The kid's going down. TKO over here, the kid. The kid's passed out. <laughs> the kid almost passed out. You know, it's one of those things that it's even a little boring for me to keep talking about nitrogen no, no, for it's so great. long. It, it can be intriguing to read about as you get into some of these things. You learn one puzzle piece and find how it clicks with the other. But at the end of the day, what I care about is what's going to grow a healthy plant. And so you don't need to know every one of these details to just know to use mulch, good bacteria, and have roots in your soil. And kind of uh, part of why, why I threw you, the, threw you the mission here was to, to point out the complexity of what you're trying to replicate when you're trying to do this from bottles. Versus how much of that work is not automated, but done by tiny invisible helpers uh, when you are yeah, going organically. Yep. 
got to use leverage. Um, trying to do everything on our own in life is a, is a sure way to exhaust yourself, trying to please everybody, trying to do everything on ourselves. So pretty soon as we grow up and we get more experienced, no matter what it is, we want to involve some leverage and we want to work with experts that can teach us faster so we don't waste time. We want to work with better materials so we don't waste effort. And so um, that's, what, that's that whole process and it really points back to organic as one of the ways where we can use that leverage and not have to be in control of every little component. And I just think that uh, one of the things I wanted to mention, I just kind of forgot my train of thought from that Ruth Stout book, is she has experiences where she'll have three different college experts would come over to her farm and give her their opinion of how it's wrong or how it's right. And so what she wanted to point out is that every time she'd read an old book from 50 years ago, they'd say how they knew for sure without a doubt that 100 years before that we were all wrong and now they know. And now I'm reading this book and it's now 2015. She wrote it however many years ago. And a lot of the stuff that she was saying, we've now found to be totally true. And what they were saying back then to be totally wrong. And so I can't help but to believe that in another 25, 30 years, half the stuff we're being taught will be found out to be completely wrong. And so that's why I just keep relying on nature. It's never wrong because we're just trying to describe what that process is and how complicated it is. And, you know, Antonio mentioned a few of the bacteria names, cyanobacteria and rhizo and all these different ones that are out there. But there's, we're just naming these things that we're finding. There's so many of them that really we have no clue. All we're be, really doing is skimming the surface. And so getting back to that organic process is, is a big part of the puzzle. So um, maybe while we're discussing uh, nitrogen in general, maybe we can talk a little bit about the connection between some of the other things. Because, like, for instance, um, say my plants are going yellow, and, the, you know, obviously nitrogen, first thing you think of. But also, like, CalMag and things like that have a lot of times uh, seem like they activate whatever was in there already. Like, you don't even have to add any more nitrogen. You can just... Hit them with a little calmag, green them up. How does that? How, how are those connections? How like how is the calcium connection between nitrogen and things like that? How do they how do they bond or work together? A lot of times, I see the calmag thing become an issue in indoor grows because people are using bloom boosters and compost, and bloom boosters already have tons of P and K, and so it starts to get these issues that can be greened up just by adding some calcium or magnesium because then the ratios are balanced again. Um, and so that can have a little bit to do with it, but one of the things I mentioned when I first came on to the show was, uh, you know, what nitrogen makes, and a big part of that is proteins. And so proteins are, I mean, they're the workhorse molecules of life. They basically take part in essentially every structure, every activity. So if you've got anything, whether it's building a cell, whether it's the inside, whether it's DNA, all of that has nitrogen in it because protein acids are built in a high percentage from nitrogen. And so when you start to look at, in a soil, all the other things that occur from there, nitrogen can really kickstart a lot of that process. And so sometimes when you're just adding a little extra, you may be actually feeding microbes or doing something where they can start to unlock that nitrogen again and start to kick it back into gear because it's one of those things that's always in flux. And um, yeah, uh, Also, uh, calcium is similar to, uh, also, also calcium is similar to carbon in that uh, when you talked earlier about the cation ion exchange, one of the really big parts of that is that uh, without a flow of calcium in the soil, it's one of the biggest things that affects like the what we describe as like the liming or the soil composition, which influences the pH and how uh, much the root exudates can acidify nearby soil, which changes how they control pH. So when you add 
calcium, you're adding a liming solution like calcium carbonate, even if you're just adding like oyster shell flour or whatever, you're adding a, a, cal- um, uh, a liming solution and that affects the flow of ions in the cation ion exchange. So sometimes it can help free, um, start moving it back towards the pH that it needs to be in, bring back the flow of nutrients into a range that's more useful. Um, the reason a lot of plants prefer slightly acidic soil is because there's a greater availability of minerals as you go slightly higher. And then if you go too low, you get to aluminum toxicity. Yeah, and, and that's another reason too. I mean, I have people all the time that, like for instance, I'm growing a tobacco plant, my greenhouse. It's beautiful. The flowers are gorgeous. And people are like, well, you don't smoke cigarettes. Why would you be growing that? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm just curious. I think, it's, I think it's a medicinal plant. And then you start to research, well, why is tobacco so toxic? Well, we're dumping tons of synthetic fertilizer on it that's heavy in uh, heavy metals. And so when we get into organics, we're like, ooh, heavy metals. We've got to research this. And what I find is that without the heavy pH swings that, you know, when you're operating on synthetics, there's big pH swings that happen based on the nutrient input and anything else you've got going on. That's where you get excessive cadmium, excessive aluminum, excessive metals being uptaken by the plant to manage that pH swing where in organics you don't have nearly the swings and therefore you're not dipping down in super low pHs where all of a sudden ammonium is taken up or aluminum or whatever. Um, And so that's one of the reasons why I think you find less heavy metals and contaminants in some of the organically grown crops as well. So it comes all the way back around, and um, nitrogen is really at the forefront of a lot of this. Yeah, it's like, like, it's like the universal uh, element there in that sense, and it's also uh, the first thing that people probably think they're, they're plant sick, you know, and it's growing in too small of a container, yeah. and it's like, well, it's root-bound, and it's got no nitrogen. That's pretty much your first indicator as a, as a time to step up your your size container to the next one. Yep. Yeah, size of container is important too. And, you know, in organics, what's interesting is if it's showing deficiencies and you just made the soil, you scratch your head and go, well, I, I know it's got plenty. I put it all in there. Right. So then you start to look at that process, which is called immobilization. And that's where people say, oh, the soil wasn't cooked enough. And all the bacteria is getting robbed to break down these materials. And eventually the soil will be fine because all the bacteria will die. It'll release the nutrients back. And so that's where we look at different recipes, and the recipe that we use really doesn't require any time to cook, so to speak, because we're not adding such high amounts of fertilizer compost, uh, or a fertilizer, and the blends of compost we're adding all have really good carbon to nitrogen ratios. So while it might heat up, it's still going to have a lot of available nutrients right away, and so you can still grow a healthy plant pretty quickly. And so then we look at some of the nitrogen stuff that's on the organic side. Actually, one of the questions I want to ask you, Antonio, um, you know those amino acid powders? I carry one that's from uh, a non-GMO organic soy product from India. Mm-hmm. A lot of times those are, like for instance, if you guys haven't noticed this, we talk about how nitrogen is part of protein. If you go to an animal feed store and you look at all the high protein feeds, those are also usually high nitrogen fertilizers like the soybean and some of like the alfalfa and the other feeds. So when we take like right. soybean meal and they they now take this soy product that already had nitrogen, but it wasn't as plant available. These products, they, they, they smell, and it's almost like they have enzymatically digested the soy meal into a powder that's water-soluble. What, like, what kind of nitrogen is that at that point? Do you even know, Antonio? Um, I think... Like, how is it more soluble the than an organic one? 
Well, uh, to get it to be more soluble, they're mostly just talking about the whole cation ion exchange and then having it in either a negative or positive, depending on which form of the plant finds to be more preferable. It generally likes nitric ox, uh, yeah, nitric, uh, nitric ions, which is the, uh, negative. So most likely they're just attaching it so it's a more complex group with something that's also easily plant soluble but not as easily bondable so that it doesn't get um, bound with something else. So like you see some of the liquid lines where they say they're calcium based and the reason for that would be because you know you can have something that is very incredibly soluble, easily uptaked and it doesn't want to bind with other things in the soil so it's a little bit simpler. But it seems like if you can do those same things by just having a solid mulch layer, you know, healthy uh, and a healthy plant, and have the plant do all the hard parts for you, then why not just do that? Yeah, no. Measure, I think the reason why we don't want to do that is that there's a lack of faith, there's a lack of trust, and the fact that we don't have an immediate answer. So if we just top dress and we're just going to do water only and trust that, that means that we're putting a an opportunity cost on the next six months of our lives. If it doesn't go to a plan, then we obviously found out it didn't work, but we also, more importantly, a lot of times lost a lot of time, effort, and resources and money. So um, it's always been a challenge for farmers to change anything they do. And when you look at thousands of acres, typically the farmer will only chart, you know, do one row or one acre as a test plot. And similarly, when yeah. we look at dispensaries and grow ops, they'll usually only do one light or two lights or one room at the most. Because it's silly business to just change everything. If it's not broke, you know, you don't want to fix it. But there is writing on the wall. We know costs are getting higher. We know it's ruining the environment. And so I think that those in the game right now that are sooner to learn and go through these processes, they'll be at the forefront of the cannabis community pretty soon because just like every other agricultural commodity, when people get really good at it and they have a lot of sophisticated systems for selling it, the profit margins are going to really lower to those that are able to produce at the lowest cost. And everybody I talk to, without a doubt, if they can get over adding all the extra wastefully costed organic treats, I like to call them, just the basic good soil from local resources and mulching, it can be the lowest cost per pound. And then when we start talking sun-grown and not wasting electricity, that's where the whole picture comes back. And then at the end of the day, we just got to keep the quality uh, to the best it's ever been the cost down, and that's where that sweet spot is in, where an entrepreneur, a business owner can really make a living and also support their community without overcharging for product. And so that's why I constantly get back to, no matter how much research I do, get excited about synthetic stuff, I end up always back in the organic side of the fence because it's just a win-win. So... Right on. Well, we want to thank you so much for all of that, Jeremy and Antonio. You guys have come through and dropped the knowledge now twice in a month, and folks are really feeling it. I don't know if you feel like continuing to do it, but um, we certainly... I don't think any more would be more specific. We can ask questions later on. They can email us, but sure. I think we're going to risk kind of running out of steam here if we just talk about nitrogen for now. Oh, no, no, no. I, no, no, I, 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 I think we're done for we're today. Ra- yeah. We're wrapping it up for today. That's not a problem. But <laughs> Good. <laughs> no, we're, no, we're talking about future episodes, though, because we obviously have... Have to do the NPK series, I would say. Yeah, we got to do all three. <laughs> at yeah. least, right? At least start with that. And then the crazy macro sideshow <laughs> side or something. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, no, awesome to uh, get some real knowledge on the show, as usual, from you guys. And, uh, Jeremy, uh, I need to invite you out to my farm sometime so you can get my mom 
all pumped up because everything you talk about, I'm always like, man, this is just perfect for the farm. You know, what I mean, it's like it's it's, it's what yeah. it's made. It's made for people who have that kind of option, especially. I mean, obviously, you can do it in the city, and you can do it anywhere. But really, when you have the option of being able to like use your, reuse your soil, drop, you know, put it into raised beds or something yep. like that, it's it's when you feel extra special about uh, you know using cannabis. Yeah. And there's a connection there, and I'd love to come out and visit. And um, anybody that's listening, you got to grab that Ruth Stout No Work Garden Book. She's got the coolest tricks in there. Like, she'll just take a whole bale of straw and throw it over carrots when they're ready. And then she'll just go out there all winter and pull carrots out of the ground, and they're totally fresh and ready to eat. So she takes a lot of the work out of it from harvesting, jarring, canning. She's basically the laziest gardener there ever was, and I love it because she teaches me all the tricks where you don't have to waste effort. And when we're talking outdoor farming, <laughs> one day's where the work can be very daunting if you start tilling. So um, check this book out. Also hit us up at buildasoil.com if you've got any questions. We also carry Antonio's product, The Modern Microbes. And Antonio and I are going to be doing some more fun stuff together over the next few weeks that I'm really excited. He's just even open to it. So um, we'll keep you in the loop on that too. Awesome. Well, uh, we'll be in touch soon, man, and uh, thanks again. So we're going to segue back to sponsor shout-outs. Kid, you want to do the shout-outs? Thanks, guys. See you. Thank Thanks. You, Thanks, Antonio. Yep, have one tonight. Um, <laughs> what, No Dose? Our new yeah, sponsor? New sponsor. No Dose. Come on, guy. Uh, yeah, what yeah. No Dose. No Dose. remember that product? You mean, I think he, I believe uh, it's what you call Red Bull pills. <laughs> Red Bull pills. I don't think they make those. It doesn't work for concentrates. I forgot. It's lame. What, does, what doesn't it work? It be scientific. Why you gotta talk Ooh. about them? Yeah, yeah they're kind of business. They're much. there. No, they're not. No, don't even talk about. It. Don't talk about. It. Don't even talk about. It. Don't talk about. It. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good meme. Oh yeah, is this going out with the viral now or what? I'm trying to. I'm trying to put it on our. Uh, I'm trying to make it the like a poster for the event, but it's not the right dimensions. Uh, you got to do that at least. Yeah. Um, shout out to Way to Grow, right? Yup, do it. Boom! Shout out to Way to Grow, and number one, sale. number one supplier of uh, grow equipment here in Colorado. Seven locations: Silverthorne, latest one, mm-hmm. favorite one down to Platte River. But if you're in Boulder, you got the one up in Gun Barrel. You got one in Springs. Got one kind of everywhere. Kinda all everywhere. over. All over. All over. Fort Collins. Did we say Fort Collins? Yeah, no. the original. No, we didn't say that. But original Fort Collins, and we have two other ones here in Denver. One on. 58th and the other one on Colfax, I think, right? Way, way the hell up there? Something like that. They're everywhere. You they're can't, everywhere. You can't miss them. And if you go to any of them. And they're doing Gavita sale right now? Yep. 469, was it? Cheap. Cheapy, cheapy. Uh, and if you say the Adam Dunn show, you'll get in a further 25% off, which is pretty awesome on those big ticket items. So jump on that if you can. Get up high ceilings, though. Don't mess around if you've got any low ceilings. I don't want to hear about burned up plants. Don't blame the Adam Dunn show. Yeah. yeah and don't replace, sure. don't just replace your old lights in the exact same spot. Get it mapped out. Have done that, yeah. They have. They have. Yeah, and don't, uh, and don't put plastic bags on them when you spray your plants, right? Nope. <laughs> Definitely don't do that and forget. You can do it, but just don't you forget. Do it. Just remember to take them off exactly. before you turn them back on. Yeah, we've heard about that. We've heard every horror story possible. We should uh, do a Halloween. You want to do a horror stories episode? Oh, for sure, cannabis horror stories. Yeah, yep. 
get all your horror stories in so we can get us on the actually Halloween spooky sounds I've already seen stuff for Halloween out like I'm like are you kidding me like what it's It's not even cold yet yeah last night was the first cold night it's not even September yet so uh, and shout out to Incredibles Edibles Incredibles Edibles I think you can take that one now that you're sitting on your phone the whole time. Well, I'm meme, trying meme to master, put the meme up. Meme master, get on, the fo- get on there. Talk, <laughs> talk, talk, talk about the Incredible Edibles. Why doesn't the kid pull them up? Check them out, IncrediblesColorado.com. They list all the bars there. The kid can say them off the top of his head. They got a new jerk bar coming out. Jerk bar. Yeah, it's called the Jerk Off <laughs> Bar, man. No, they don't. That's dirty. That's dirty. Whatever. Do they do a special bar? So why do you love that, that Pop Rocks bar? I like the white chocolate. Because he's, he's too young Don't they do another white chocolate to have pop? appreciated yeah, real Pop Rocks when they were around, when they were the good Pop Rocks. No, I remember Pop Rocks. Yeah, I'm you're trying. no way. 70s, buddy. Did you put them in the soda? I was too young for the 70s. Were they different? Did they change yeah, they the formulation? Good, in the beginning, they, they were way more powerful, yeah. Wait, really? They toned down Pop Rocks? Hell yeah. No way. What do you think? P- public safety. You would think public <laughs> safety. Come on, no. They were hardcore. No, they were really way more. What? Yes. You had to be a child of the 70s to appreciate them. I the did r- hear that. Because I, I used to get them when still. they first came out, and I'd bring them back. And I'd be like, whoa. It would be like, sometimes it would be like out of control, hurt your mouth kind of shit. But anyway, <laughs> Incredibles, Edibles, available everywhere in Colorado. Too many shops to list. Uh, if they're not. At your spot, tell them to get at your spot because they're the bomb. They are the bomb. They are the bomb. They are the bomb. Big shout out to our course genetics. Boom, there you go. Take over. Shout out. Heavy lifting. (laughs) Heavy lifting on this episode. Big shout out to Dark Horse Genetics. The Seattle store is no longer open. No, oh my so God. So if you want to buy weed from a vending machine, you got to do it in California. Or just dress your friend up in a box and buy weed off of him. Buy weed off of your friend in a box. <laughs> It'll be just like a vending machine. But the Dark Horse website is getting updated. The online store will be back. You can still download the app right now. And we're supposed to give away a pack of banner seeds. Yeah, and we're supposed to play Adam's rap. Oh, that comes after the shout out, and you're not supposed <laughs> to ruin the surprise. So how are we going to give away a pack of banner seeds? Oh, God, I hate doing this. Should involve the meme, right? Sure, it has to involve the meme. So go. Can you tell what number somebody likes something on? Nope. So you don't know what number like somebody is of something? Nope. Uh, uh, what I could do is I could probably like upload the meme. Yeah, that's too complicated. Uh, uh, call in with adam come on i'm looking at you jerky how do they win the seeds hey jerk jerky come on come on do something for stealing all my weed licked it licked it look at this thing he licked it clean (laughs) i got jerked off over here by some jerky eat that second sandwich get you get your weeds worth i thought i was gonna get at least he says that's right now you got it where's Where's my juice man where's my juice all right what's the contest i don't know kid Kids is the best. If you can name the Kids Rosin Company. Yeah, that works. Uh, Sure. Sure. No one's going to be able to name it. No. No. Uh, Free pack of banner sheets will go to... uh, Fuck it. Call. First person to call. 720-310-8237. First person that completes the call. And names this place. And names the name something. Just, just if there's a human being, <laughs> human name, being. Name, anything. name the kids. Incredible rising company that's been around for so long yeah, that you should know. Everyone should know by now. No, nobody's gonna know. Nobody's gonna know by now. What do you mean? If they're real smart, they'll they'll pay attention. 
They'll pay attention. Nobody's going to call either. They're going to go back. Why not? For any reason. For seeds, they will. Banners. Banner. Someone gave me a banner. Someone gave me a banner plant, but I don't believe it. It's one of those, like, I don't know. I don't know. Was it from Jason? Because then it probably isn't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah. Uh, 423, where's that? Hey, welcome to the Adam Dunn Show. Who we got there? You got butt? Yo. Butt? Was that duck butt? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's Buck Russell, man. Oh, oh, Buck Russell, not Duck Butt. <laughs> not Duck Butt. What's going on, Buck Russell? So, do you know the name of the ki- you know the name of the kids' incredible rising company that no one knows the name of yet because it's so incredible? Um, I, 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 guess, I, I guess it's just his stuff, man. Mm, no. <laughs> cut out for well, a second no, there. I've been watching, but I ain't got it, man. Well, let's give him the buck anyway. Bucks gets it anyway. Buck, go ahead and email <laughs> Jason at darkhorse.com. Buck gets to name all of, He'll uh, take care of it. the kids do new stuff too. Whoa. One other caller. You gonna get PM? Nope, no, duck nope. buck got it. Nope. Hang him up. Duck butt. Duck bought it. <laughs> duck got it. Buck. I can't wait to come back out there and see you all again. Well, we're looking forward to it, brother. You take care. Thanks, man. Thanks, you buck. too, bro. Right on. Well, let's do the let's do the wrap up. What Paul, you got shout outs? Really, man, just wanna you don't like anybody. To uh, everybody in Jamaica who's involved in the marijuana legalization business. That ain't happening. Keep working hard. Typical Jamaica <laughs> style, is it? Man, soon come. Hey, to someone else. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, anybody calling where we're, we're, we we gave it up. Did we give it up? Do we, we had we can PM. PM how are we get no, dark? How are we get? Skype. How are we getting Buck's information? How are we getting Buck's information? He's emailing Jason. Good job. Oh yeah, straight to the J. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Guys, right, right. I'm not trying to use one. Right. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm going to send those out today. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's only been a year. Yeah, yeah they're good now. Companies <laughs> just went out of business. <laughs> 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 they're relics. Uh, so, uh, come on. That's it. Shout out to what? To to everybody. Oh. We do that. That's our that's our job. That's our job. <laughs> we're, 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 <laughs> we're going to finish our shout outs. we got to shout out Elite Cannabis. Oh, yeah. And build the soil. But Elite, Elite Cannabis, Cannabis again, th- big thanks to Elite Cannabis. I saw Dave this morning. Got some two-to-one CBD that will be made into medicine for a needy patient. Awesome. Thank you. Mary's Nutritionals. Dot com. Uh, nationwide. Mary's Pet Shop. Nationwide. Dot com. Uh, so check both those stores out for your nationwide CBD needs. Yup. And, and of course, big shout out to Build the Soil, bringing us today's episode. Two weeks ago, they taught us all about no-till. This week, we did nitrogen. Next week, we might do coffee so the kid stays awake. Yeah, something, man. Woo! Whoa. It's long. I mean, not that. It's, it's just crazy because, I mean, they know what should they're talking th- about. It is should just, we do a thing about coffee? But you don't know what they're something. talking about. I, I mean, I, I, I do. It's just listening to what they're saying is like sitting here listening to it is kind of just like... It's like, it's like a college course. It's like, oh, like yes. you're getting good use out of it, but it's just hard to sit through sometimes. That's all. 
Is it getting blown I love up the, I love the, I love the meme. Uh, it is getting blown up online. I it's fell asleep for a second. And for the, for the, the <laughs> fractions of seconds God, that I fell asleep at the time, they got me good. But it's a funny meme, so I don't mind it's it. It's a good one. Because it's really yeah. funny. I told you it's going to go viral. It's okay. It's good. So It's going to go so viral yeah, for sure. Uh, we're like good nitrogen for sure. Yeah. So a little other shout outs before you fall asleep. Uh, shout outs <laughs> to uh, my fantastic girlfriend Brittany. It was her birthday on Monday. So oh, birthday, I missed it. Um, it was uh, yeah, it was her birthday on Monday. So <laughs> shout out to her and the two dogs back home, Kilo and Duke. Uh, my mom, my dad, and the rest of my family, and uh, all the rest of our listeners. Thanks for listening every week. And staying awake. Uh, right. And, and last. <laughs> well, maybe we don't I know. Did. We don't know. Maybe. It but thanks be. for listening every week. We appreciate it. <laughs> right on <laughs> shout out to my beautiful wife Reese and amazing toddler Farron um, we're gonna go to the robot museum on Sunday I think you guys always to have the robot dinosaur robot museum. robot museum how are we going to the robot museum where are you going to the uh, Longmont you want to come to the robot museum the robot, well, robot museum the Mitch is just going to be dressed up in, in a clothes. box just selling weed what, da- I am what day is it <laughs> Mitch what day are you going what day are you going what's Sunday hell robot yeah robot museum yeah? robot museum cool. we're gonna go Fuck to yeah. the museum Gotta go to Robot Museum. They close at five, so we'll do it early. All right, that's good. We'll do that. That's good. Sounds like a plan. That's a, that's a shout out segue. Oh wait, we need your phone for speaking of your shout out segue. Unlock your thing. I can't start Give it to the. Be able to get the of course we will. Why? Uh, you, the headphone jack fits. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. 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 World premiere. <laughs> World premiere. The new <laughs> joint. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta get this thing off. Hold up. Yeah. So, oh yeah. It's. So. So what were, how did you? So is this rap? What? No. Is this no, a Green no, Labs no, rap? No, this, well, so basically, I came, I came back home. I came home last night around eleven thirty, and I oh know this is actually a little earlier than that. Sorry. Came back around seven or so, and Nick thought I was over here because he always assumes if I'm a leave, I come here, mm-hmm. and I'm here all day, <laughs> 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 which uh, which I'm not usually. I'm usually. F- much farther away, but uh, so he thought I was at Green Labs, and he was, uh, you know, like I want to go to Green Labs, I want to go to Green Labs, I want to go to Green Labs, and he said it so many times. Of course, you know how it is too when you p- pick up uh, like right the minute you put the mic there, it's like yeah. he stopped. But <laughs> I, then I remembered I had a uh, an app which is like a, a rap app. It's a pretty cool app. It's called Smule, I think. Yeah, you know that one. Yeah, well, Smule is the company they made the famous. Uh, that T Pain Yourself app where it like auto tunes. Oh yeah, yourself. and that's so this is this is all this is all auto tuned. Yeah, so Smule is so the company. Who it's makes those. down the same style. So basically, yeah, it has you pick a pick a beat and you can just talk into it and it will create. Too a much rap. explanation. Just play the song. Do you gotta shout find outs. it? I'm going to try is and talk. Knocking on the door. Some either that or could, could be could be. Come yeah, it's a live oh, radio yeah. show. Come in. We know you're on the other side of the... Yes, come. The door's open. Come on, enter all the way. Yeah, in. Just sit on Welcome. down. Welcome. Sit in. Have a seat. No problem. We knew you were coming. Yeah, we expected right, it. Uh, Do it. Gotta plug it in. Na, 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 na. All right, so, you're, so your meme's going viral now, kid. It's not going to work if it's not plugged in. It's right there. Da, 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 da. All right. Officially. So you're gonna do your shoutouts too, or you're just gonna play so it? So shout out to my beautiful wife Cece and my little your son, collaborator, my collaborator on this incredible mega mix here, uh, little Nick, who's down at the z- they're at the zoo right now, so they're, they're doing zoo is good. We haven't done zoo yet. Do you, do you guys do butterfly yeah, yeah, yeah. pavilion ever? 
Uh, Ooh, I, think he he did a dinosaur I think he train, did it last year. I think he did it last Robot year. Robot Museum. Butterfly Pavilion. You guys have you guys do cool stuff. Crazy. Oh, Wayne had to do cool stuff. <laughs> the kid and loves kid stuff. Yeah. There's no doubt. We know no to doubt. bring. We know who to bring with us. Uh, shout out to Ace down at the farm, keeping the dogs at bay, and, and <laughs> <laughs> three of them now to deal with. Um, and uh, yeah, everybody else down there hanging in. Cannot be. Oh my god. What's now, going on? Now Adam? it says it can't be. Can't be. Can't awesome enough? What are you talking about? It just played it. Oh my god. Nope. Nope. Safari so cannot open the page because the server stopped responding. Oh no. Well, next week. We'll next week we'll, we'll feature it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a big featured rep. Uh, well, Nick boo. Boo. I think I still. Oh, I wish we didn't rewipe the computer because I still had the big Papa one. You do? Oh, you. But well, we wiped the computer. Really? So, uh, yeah, it's all gone. Everything's gone. That's terrible. Big so it's not happening, Adam? I guess then I'm trying to turn this thing off so I can... Uh, so you're still going to try. We're going to still try. If you guys want to hang out for the rap, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to yes. drop world premiere. World yeah. premiere. Mm, yeah, here we go. Hold on the on. Adam Dunn Show. Let it go. One time. Thanks for listening, guys.